Welcome to the Third Season Podcast. Today's guest, motivation and wellness specialist, motivational group speaker, and expert coach in personal accountability, Andrea Mason. There we yes. go. Good afternoon. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening to all who's listening and watching. It's an honor, pleasure to be here. I hope as well as well. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me. No, it's okay. Thank you for coming on the show. Sorry we had those technical issues at the start. And hopefully it's okay because we've got some good bonus. Uh, we've got some good bonus content. <clears throat> the same thing that we spoke about. Uh, but here's here's something just before we get into the serious stuff. Now, I was going to say it right on the end of your name, but you were so quick on the ball that you jumped it. So I was going to say Andrea Mason, uh, and I was going to say, are you one of the Freemasons? No, I'm not, but I consider myself a Freemason every now and again. I just, it was literally, it was on my notes. I had to get it out there. It was, uh, I was going to drop it in halfway through the show but i thought we'll get it out of the way so tell me a little bit about what you do because i mean i've looked into you on facebook and it'd be really interesting to to see again i've done a little bit of personal development um but personal accountability now that is a completely different game and it's something that it's probably a bit above my level tenfold which you are <laughs> We're all the same. It's different different areas where we strive, other areas where we need to thrive. We're all same. So yes, so personal accountability, what I consider is I use my experiences, life stories, and decades in the social work and psychology realms to help individuals get where they need to be and have them achieve their goals and dreams through the healing process of forgiveness. And what do I mean by that? So I do not dictate, I do not lecture. I listen and I learn. And I help you gain account- personal accountability. In other words, you know, one of my mentors always says, Andrea, do it now and procrastinate later. And I <laughs> always resonate with that because we always have to-do lists. And when we have the to-do list, we either get overwhelmed or underwhelmed, and we really don't set the bar high enough to meet our fullest potential. So what I do is I step in just like a parent to a child learning how to ride a bike. I just hold the seat, make sure you stay on path and walk with you to embrace your journey towards success. Did you put the stabilizers on? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you at least got that. Um, It's it's, it's good because even then, accountability is a big thing. and you, you know, this week I had like a lot. This month I kind of was wanting to shake up my own shit, and uh, I had a lot of time off. And it was, it was one of my actual questions that I'd put on a back piece of notes. I do notes by these little post-it notes, by the way. They're, uh, I think they're the best way until you lose multiple amounts of them, or, or you know, whatever. But it was, it's funny because. You know, you talk about developing people and that's, and I like to develop, I mean, I've got qualifications in myself, but I also am the biggest critic of myself and I took a week off and I'm like, I'm playing catch up. And it's funny you talk about accountability and I'm like, 
hmm, whose fault is that? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and especially when you talk about burning out and overwhelming yourself, because I'm not going to say that's what I've done, but I'm always stepping into some sort of 12th gear, you know, where it just doesn't, you know, I'm always full charge. Uh, and eventually you do burn out. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm, I'm personally accountable for that. Even though I've got a family and I've got all this stuff going on, that is irrelevant to what I'm doing. That makes sense? Right. Yes, absolutely. And it's all about the mindset. You know, our thoughts can be treasures or tragedies and words can be wisdom or weapons. And it's that self-talk that you're talking about of, okay, I'm going to do this. But again, we are, are our own worst critic. Oh, you yeah. know, we're either overworked and, you know, burnt out or we're just underworked and we're just kind of want to like just tap out. And, you know, I was off a week for myself and it's been a long time since I had a week off and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was just like, you know, I was with the family. We were going here and there. And it's just like, well, I, I know I have stuff to do with my business, but at the same token, I know that our bodies, our minds and the universe wants us to yeah. kind of take a break. And for me, that was pretty difficult. And <laughs> truth be told, one of the one of the remedies that I used was just kind of relaxing on the couch and just taking a nap. And even though that <laughs> sounded like so simple it was so worth it i felt so revived it's you know i, I felt yeah you know just, it was I good slept. that's yeah. all that's all i did I, I slept i watched a whole bunch of really rubbish films that i'd seen countless times because i'm like if i watch this i'm falling asleep and i literally i mean it was a I kind of regret it, and this is where we was talking about that accountability, because although I enjoyed it, when I come back to doing stuff today, and I have, I've got like 16 people trying to book in, and I'm like, man, I could have at least, I can, I can do that pretty much half of those over a week easy, but I'm like, I could have stacked those up, uh, played them out over the last couple of days, rather than have my consistency broken, and, uh, but it was like, nah, I just want to just, oh, I slept so good. It was crazy. Yes. It's and it, it's, it's needed. You need it. Absolutely. You need that reset, that recharge and reboot, you know. And, you know, for me, it was kind of, I felt a little, I felt a little bad, like you said, what your worst critic, because, you know, I don't, I don't see my family that much, you know, they're always working or in school. And I was like, well, how can I balance this to take quality time? This is the time until now the holidays that we're yeah. off. And, I kind of pepper, salt and pepper shake, you know, going on day trips and going where we need to do, taking care of the house and, you know, the mundane errands that, you know, you need a whole day to do outside of the two days on the weekends when most stuff is closed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, but, you know, it, it's, it's a trade-off, you know, but I was able to get a good balance. We're back to the grind. And same thing, I have 10 podcasts this week and I'm just like, really? I, I just squeeze them all in one week? <laughs> I could have spread them out every two weeks, but I guess everybody's kind of meeting their quota for podcasts. And, you know, with the technical conditions that we had earlier on, I was like, I really don't need this right now. <laughs> I just well, rebooted, I reset it and recharged. And now like the technology was, became a component. If you was to go by my mentality of that, technically speaking, <clears throat> excuse me you can do that in three days 
if you have if you can manipulate your time and if they're very short i tend to do long form podcasts no the, yeah these are long that i'm that i'm on their podcasts and these were scheduled like you know oh, a couple okay. of months ago and i just was like yeah i'll be revived after break i'll be energized and then like yeah but well, it's all good. It's maybe, all good. It's maybe you should part do, of the story. Maybe you should do what I'm, <laughs> I'm doing and treat this like you're just getting your wheels back going. You yes, know? Absolutely. <laughs> if anything, absolutely. this might be the perfect show to break you in for these nine podcasts because this is absolutely. this is very loose. Uh, no, yeah. Although it's loose, there's still some questions and subjects. And, uh, sure. So, and that's what it's about, being organic and being, you know, casual and letting the chips fall where they may, you know. That's a, one of the pieces of my journey that I learned you can't control everything <laughs> you know no, and that was a, and 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 as silly as it sounds for someone like of my personality type a personality a Taurus you name it everything in the every those stereotypical personality conditions that's what I have and it's kind of like you know what I'm just gonna let it go and that's when the most amazing things occur you know, and then like even this morning, I was just like, all right, you know what? Just going to keep trying, not going to give up. It'll it'll work. And if, if the schedule allots it, we'll we'll connect, you know. Well, I'll say, well, I'm an Aries, you know. Okay. So, uh, you know, <laughs> got a war. You have to get to it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Are you a fan of uh, cosmology? It's very often that people always mention their star signs and. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you know. I'd imagine that. I'd imagine some of it must creep into uh, your profession in a way, uh, maybe a, a, a little bit, because when you sort of talk about wellness, you can kind of get two different sides of that, which is right. like, well, you can get multiple sides of that in a way. You know, you can get like homeopathic sides of, you can get, you know, herbal fucking bullshit, but then you can get like spiritualistic and you can just keep going on. There's, there's quite a, f a few. I probably can't name oh, them all. I'm not going to... I'm not going to even try because I could just sit here all day trying to guess, and uh, mostly causing right. dead air. Um, but you know where we're coming from, and uh, so so I'd guess you would have. Have you ever delved into that sort of cosmology side of it and down that? Because you know what? Because it, ah, it's tricky because it seems like you don't do that kind of thing, right, but it right. but uh, but obviously at some point you have to. So it almost integrates in in a way. Dabble in it a little bit, you know. One of my my best friend's mother's really into it, and she has all the you know like history, the books and whatnot. And then every day, you know, just for uh, pick me up, I like to listen to my astro astrological sign and what's coming down the pipe for you know whether it be the week, the month, or the day. But I try also to respect not to put all my eggs in the one yeah, basket, yeah. you know, because you can really set yourself up for disappointment as well, or set yourself up for, you know, a big, you know, event that doesn't occur, you know, Well, I mean, that's the thing reason. with like horoscopes is it's so it's, I mean, I'm somewhat skeptical of horoscopes because if you're going to read that week in advance, you can almost precognitively plan that. It's not, Absolutely. and circumstances, well, you know, there's a lot when, and they make it pretty broad and vague, but. Right. I'm but not I saying to a few, I've have been to a few specialists on a one on one. Oh, yeah. And I'll be honest, I was a little I was a little taken aback. I was like, whoa, whoa, why uh, yeah, do you know that? Is, why do you know that? This is this is <laughs> the thing that I'm saying. If you I mean, like normal people will read it in a magazine. 
you know, right, like right, the yeah. back back of the paper and go, oh, this well, is my horoscope this week. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna die in seven yeah. days. You know what? Shit, man, that was pretty pretty fucking broad. You know, jeez, how did yeah. that get into this paper? Right. But no, <laughs> but no, it's uh, horoscopes. They're so strange, but obviously you can go. It's all based on cosmology, and I'm a, a fan right. of cos cosmology rather than the. The horoscope side of it hence why when right, you said i'm a tour a taurus i was like yeah i'm an i'm an aries it's i wouldn't have uh, i don't know if there was any other signs i probably wouldn't have said them i don't know <laughs> no, I hear you. But so yeah, it's uh amazing you know like like you said our, our you know our mind is you know definitely you can manifest what you want you know and we learn it at such an early age but we tend to forget it if you think about it, you know what I mean? Like if you're on the playground at five or six years old, you have six or seven kids running around. All of a sudden one says, I have to go to the bathroom. Now you got six others following. Well, I have to go to the bathroom, you know, or I'm hungry oh, yeah. and I'm hungry. And then it depends on how deep a dive you want to go into it to really master it. And when you do master it, I've done it a few times. It's kind of, kind of, overwhelming and powerful like it's kind of like you know what 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 are you doing why do you why did you just do that and it happened you know but but it's a it's a great tool and asset to definitely have and to learn absolutely so one thing i just want to say is yeah i went i went on your website uh okay it's it's fantastic like i love your website uh the fact you have to you click to get in and then i was like oh what's behind this and it was like bang and it loaded fucking smooth as a nut and I was like, wow, this is very smooth. It's all, I love it. Uh, I just wanted to say that. And the same for your YouTube channel. Um, Thank you. Some of those views are from me, by the way. Because uh, again, I, appreciate I, it. I do my research. Mm, yes. a, it, it a little was, bit. It was hard. It is hard. For my website, I'm grateful for my developer. She did an amazing job. If you saw the first draft, it was all corporate. And I was like, yeah, that's not me. Uh, that, <laughs> yes. It, you know. I mean, the reason then, I, I loved it was because, again, it, you know, I don't know, it's just very, it's almost interactive. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it's on like a, a strange way as well, because you click on something and something will come out of nowhere. And you're like, whoa, where did that come yes. from? And you're almost expecting something else. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns, especially, yeah. where, especially when you're looking at it and you, you just know, you know, you're used to the normal websites, you know, yeah. these bullshit html i don't know what the fuck javascript yeah, yeah. i don't know what it is but you just go oh these and there's no standard animation and then right, you right. click on summit and it's like wow shit man this yeah. is coming out of nowhere there's these transitions and yes. i love i no, loved it you did a great job we did a great job we took we took a lot of pride in that you know and because that's how i am i'm interactive i love talking to people i love learning about people you know, and with my YouTube, it, that was that was hard. That wasn't easy for YouTube. I was never in the public eye until probably October 2020, you okay. know, so to do that, I mean, I'm I'm I just passed 270. I think I might got two close to 280 videos now. And it's just <laughs> it's just so much fun because I didn't understand because I was like those kind of people where, you know, when YouTube first came out, people were talking to themselves. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> Why yeah. are you, there's no audience. But now that I do it, it just has built up my craft to do such podcasts as these and, and other 
speaking venues as well as coaching. Well, that's the that's the good word to use as well is craft because most yes. people just go, hey, this is what I do and blah blah, but they don't. I, I tend to see that people that I mean, I've I've only been doing this since the start of the year. My YouTube subscribers is pretty low, but that's because I wasn't releasing my episodes off the bat. I've just released everything up to now and on like okay. over a two day period, which was kind of foolish, but I had, I never wanted to do YouTube, but then I, right. I don't know, when I was recording it, I was like, ah, some of these could be pretty good to watch. And then, right, right. but I just got so, so many bookings in, it was like crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I was pushing episodes every two days and, uh, to, you know, it got to the point where I had to edit like 30 odd videos just to, and I had to take a week off for that because I couldn't physically do anything, which was like right, you're saying. Right. You know, right. and, and, and being I mean, overwhelmed you know, with a podcast i give you guys so much credit there's so many bells and whistles and and i didn't realize you know my husband and i we went off grid like years ago and i we oh, started cool. watching disney vloggers we're diehard disney fans by the way okay but we watch disney vloggers where they go into the park and whatnot and when i understood and saw the behind scenes of just pure editing. I was like, these these guys are just wow. If I need any technical in information or questions, I go to the podcasters because it's a lot of work behind the scenes. And so when I was doing my videos, my YouTube, I was you know first of them I'm looking here, I'm talking here, you know. But I have the process from day one to now, and you know it was crazy, Tim, that people were just like. Well, why are you doing them every day? What, 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 why? That's, that's, that's silly. Why are you uploading them every day? Consistency. And I was just, exactly, it's exactly. I was like, you know what? Practice makes progression. And, you know, I've learned from social media that a lot of the audience likes the, like you said, the bloopers and, yeah, and the yeah. mistakes, you know, they want human. They don't want this perfect thing because it's not real, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm, even then I've just before we did our show, <laughs> Is I always pre-record the uh, Zoom, and I'll okay. have to, I'll have to, I always listen to a bit of music before the show, and I'll have a bit right. of a smoke, and as you can see, I'm drinking, because I like to just get get loose on the show. But right. you know, I was sitting there waiting for you, and just do do do, you know, just jamming away. I've probably got like yeah. ten ten minutes of me dancing. Earlier on, when I fucked up waiting for you an hour and a half ago, when I <laughs> messed up my times, you know, that's a blueprint itself. Because for me, that's right. a moment where. Well, for one, I was like two hours early and sat there going, yeah, man, we're going to get fucking pounding this soon and just sitting there smashing it out. And then it was like, wait a minute, 10. And when uh, the minute you said 10, it, it literally reverberated in my mind. And I was like, wait a minute, that isn't fucking one o'clock at all. That's three o'clock. And it was, right. you know, because the five, five hour difference. Right, right, uh, right. Uh, and uh, for some reason, I assumed that you were starting at eight o'clock, and I—I right. I don't know why. I convinced myself almost the other day. Again, this was the problem. I—I I took a few days off hibernating and fucked myself yeah. up with times. So that was the problem. Right. right. But you know what? It's all part of the. Like you said, it's all part of the story because I was just like, I was ready to go, and I was like, okay. So I want to make sure I didn't mess up when we confirmed, and then I was like, okay. I'm gonna get everything ready. Gonna have my equipment, da 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 da, and then it was just like denied, denied, yeah. error, technical error. I was like, really? He's probably so amped, and I'm just like, la la la. la. <laughs> and 
know. I was like, now he's gonna like deflate of energy, and I'm just like, now I'm hyped and frustrated. It was just, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole experience. It is, a, it is a strange thing because you do get, you do get this hype. Um, yeah. For the people that don't podcast and get a hype before their shows, uh, you kind of feel the energy, and there is energy. Um, and but I, I had to rehype twice, and that was. Yes. That was fun because the second time over and I'm like, oh, is this going to work? And I was like, come on, let's go. And it was like, it was like I was betting on red and black, you know, right, right, right. it was like I was betting on a roulette table, but I was going yeah. green, I was going green, you know, and, I, and a <laughs> bang, it landed, you know, yes. but, but we got, I got a good a bunch of, uh, like I said, bonus content, promos, and it's always fun. But it's, yeah. when I looked at your YouTube, uh, you're releasing them pretty fucking daily, you know, yes. Every I mean, day I've done it. I started October on the ball. 21st and there was, oh, I missed two holidays to se separate the consistency, this, um, the, you know, sequ sequence. And then when I was doing my academy work, I took 10 days off, but I made up for those 10 days, but I've been doing this every single day. And it was kind of, you know, interesting because after some time, I would get these messages and they were like, Andrea, where's your, where's your video? You're not up because I used to do it at like nine o'clock every morning, oh, yeah, Eastern yeah, yeah. standard time. And so I was like, wow, somebody's watching me. That's awesome. So now it's kind of fun because, you know, I'll do it when I have, to, you know, when I'm, you know, cause if I'm out and about or something happens in the morning where I don't get it done, yard workers, neighbors, what have you, weather, I'll do it in the evening and it's still kind of cool because somebody's like, you know what? I had a rough day, but then I saw the notification on your video and that really helped me. It needed, it, it, it filled what I needed at that time. And that's just the, the power and, and the, the greatness. One of the few greatnesses of the perks of, you know, social media, because, you know, depending on time zone or what have you, people can see it, can see you even when you're sleeping or not. You know what I mean? Because I have a lot of, uh, I have huge following over in Pakistan, Africa, and in Europe. So they're on different timelines. Some yeah, of them yeah. are like a whole day ahead, you know, rather than just the States. So it's it's been an amazing, it's been a lot of work. I'm not going to lie, but it's been an amazing journey. Well, that's the thing is sometimes it's tricky because like you say, when you get overwhelmed, you you almost forget about these little moments that have made right. it all worthwhile and it's made right. it exactly. worth it 100%. And it's maybe because in that moment of, you know, being complacent or getting some time off that you're just thinking about that day to day rather than what you was doing and how you was gaining that little drive. And it's so difficult to maintain, you know, I, I always call it, you have to step things into 12th gear. Because there's no such fucking thing. It's twelfth gear. It's impossible. We, right. You know, there's so far there's only been I think seven gears on a car. So if you go into twelve, yeah. you're going yeah. above and beyond. You know. Yeah. You're you're in jet mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you literally you you're not even. I can't counteract the speed. You know, I don't know what it is. But that's what that's what you have to do. You have to step into a gear that's it's uncontrollable. It's where you can can barely put the brakes on. Right. You know, and when you do put those brakes on. It stops fucking hard. It stops yeah. so hard that again, sometimes getting started to get going back to that twelfth gear is a pr is a process. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. 
that's 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 my one and only philosophical take of the show. I don't think it'll happen again. I will use twelve year, <laughs> and I will definitely, you know, give the credentials where due. <laughs> Go into twelve year, just like Tim said, because you'll you'll never come back. But if you, you hit the well, way, you have to. It's, it, it it is true. It is it is kind of you know you have to really get going again, and it's mm -hmm. so hard hard to do. I mean, even yes. now, like you know, I took these six days off. It's not the first time I've took a few days off. I took a couple of days off. I can't even remember why. Uh, I think I was just again probably overworked, overtired. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing three shows a day, pissing around, and uh, whatever. But right. you know, you just you do have to take time off. And it is valuable to get sleep because you just oh, yeah. you fry, fry your brain so easy, you know. Yeah, and you know what? It, it, it's in this. I'm really glad you mentioned that because people take that for granted. You know, I used to, I used to be, you know, for a while I was very disciplined, you know, and before everything, you know, went to whatever. Yeah, and we don't need to get into that category. <laughs> no, but I was disciplined and I just had one slip because, you know, my husband's hours have changed and I'm usually finished by like, you know, supper time or what have you. And then he just got his busy season bumped up. And I was like, all right, I'll take care of, you know, our son. He'll be in bed regular standard time, but I'll wait up. And Tim, I'll tell you, it was just a difference of like maybe two hours difference of going to sleep and two hours waking up a little bit later threw me for a loop. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get back on track. And then we had time off. I was like, well, this is just no good. I have to get back into that routine. And that's where, you know, that's where kind of I came into the progression of a personal accountability coach having that cheerleader that that you know fan on your side no judgment no you know no excuses just results saying all right you fell off let's get back on again you know because i was grinding really hard you know and you know even though you know i was you know working from home different i was still pounding the pavement you know like a regular seven to ten hour day but as you know with me with this industry it's totally different. It's fun. It's engaging. It's, you know, learning yeah, about yeah. people connecting, you know, it's not punching numbers or, you know, meeting quotas, but at the same no. token, it will take a toll on you if you don't, if you let it. Well, I mean, even then it's, it's, it's tricky because if you, I mean, even in a relationship, you have to delegate X amount of time to your partner. If you've got kids, right. X amount of time to your kids. And Absolutely. then if you're taking on, you know, personal people, you have to, delegate time to each and every individual person it's like being a doctor you know if you're yes. a doctor my uh stepmom she's a doctor she well she's a partner in a gp but she she's she's a gp uh practitioner whatever you want to call it but she sees right. fucking hundreds of people a day and it's, oh, yeah. it's silly numbers to be able to figure out yeah. every single one of them and, it, and if you're in those kind of fields like what you do like what doctors do hypnotherapists where you see personal clients one-to-one -one. even if you're a uh, even if you're a fitness coach with 30 clients you've still got to delegate x amount of time to 30 people almost not even on a daily basis but mm -hmm. Mm, bi-weekly basis and exactly. you know 30 by 15 or whatever you know the maths you could 
supplement it down to X amount of hours, but it's still very right. tricky. It's a very yeah. tricky thing to do. And I, I think that's probably in part of those listeners out there. I think it's a little, it takes a lot more toll on your body because, you know, for me, I'm an empath. And for that empathetic, sympathetic, yeah, I am, yeah. interpersonality, you can get drained if you, if you don't take care of it, you know, yeah, and you that's can. a big key key point, especially in the mental health arena, because from social work and psychology in those industries, I was coming home burnt and I was just like, you only have a limited amount that you can divulge or share with yep. your family due to, you know, privacy. But at the same token, you're just like, okay, wow. Okay. Number one, I know where my life could be if I don't take care of myself. Number two, I know where I don't want to be, but at the same token, I want to feel for these individuals who kind of lost their way and it's just a lot, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. It, you know, I think people need to keep that in mind well, is very, I'm, very important. I'm an empath myself and here's okay. a great, a, a great example of that. Mm -hmm. I am a full firm believer that the Terminator is one of the greatest film love stories of ever time, all, all time. Uh, and I base this, uh, this is how much of an empath I am, is I broke up from a relationship years and years ago. And to get over this relationship, I decided to watch a bunch of action films. One of those, I've spoke about it on my show several times. Uh, it was The Terminator. And while watching it, I realised it wasn't a sci-fi film. It was a love story in which John Connor just goes back in time to save a woman. The Terminator, all that shit, you can almost pedal that to the side if you just primarily focus on that one point that's how much of an empathetic person i am is that i was uh divulging love stories out of sci-fi films oh wow. I, I could true i mean probably didn't help i was in a relation you know coming out of a relationship burn but i could truly feel something that i'd wouldn't normally, I don't know anyone that's ever been able to watch a film like that and take off a piece of it that is completely unrelated. It's it's there, it's set in stone. You can no, watch it. I, you I'm can watch it with that. that. I'm going to watch it from that perspective. So that, that is, you know, I, I, I realized, I was just like, when, when we connected, I was like, wow, this guy's really like awesome. He's down to earth, but you can see, not only see the you know the the well i'm honest the level well yes that too but i mean your understanding is just amazing and that's Thank you. really powerful you know and i felt it i was like wow because you know you know you have the stereotypes and you have the people like well we'll do it another time or whatever man wow this person's not professional and you're just like you know what it's all good you know and and you know whatever happens happens but even before that and that's what i really kind of caught my eye with the show. I was just like, wow, this is something totally different, authentic. And having the male perspective, the empathy, the passion, but also the brutally honest transparency oh, was really, really, really was something that caught my eye because that is something that's missing. Wow. A you know lot, you know? That is one of the greatest compliments that's ever been said on the show. Uh, you almost burnt... You've almost burnt me there. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. It's, I only speak the that's, truth. Uh, no, that's me too. And that's a very, very good, honest compliment. The only reason that I, I don't know, my show is so strange because I, I like to keep everything as transparent as it is. You know, my opinions, I love to chat shit. I talk a lot of bullshit, but so, some of it 
I believe, but most of it's nonsense. Right. Uh, but most of my show is built upon nonsense, and there's these weird multiple layers, but the one thing that I do focus on is the guest uh, and how I respond to them. There's only been a few moments. <clears throat> Sorry, you even caught me there. That's I've been holding that in my throat with that huge compliment. I was hoping to swallow that ball of uh, ball of emotions there, but it wasn't. It was caught, caught in my throat. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that was almost an Elvis. Thank you very much there. <laughs> I literally said it there. It's, yeah. I didn't even mean to. Uh, I lost my own. Uh, yeah, but no, it's it's just. It's just it's just a, such a strange thing to do. And I love talking to people. I love interacting with them. I love getting the best out of people. But I also like to promote people in weird ways where audiences get that also backhand information about them. You know, like I say, I, a lot of my, my stuff kind of revolves around conspiracies and bullshit. But, you know, like I say, I like to focus on the guest and get the best of them out of the show. And mostly get get them to have a good time because if they're having a good time then the show's great it doesn't make a difference what what anybody else thinks if that person's had a good time with me it's all good it makes no difference and that's probably why a lot of people want to come on the show because they're just there's been a few don't get me wrong there's been a few that have gone a little bit weird and i've had a few people that have tried to come on and there was one that I spoke about on a guest show, but I'm not going to speak it now because I'll pl plug him later on. He'll thank me for that. And uh, can't divulge everything, people. You have to uh, you have to give something back to everybody else as well. Absolutely. You know, why am I going to tell that same story that I said on a guest's show? Well, sorry, when I was a guest on his show, that's 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 ridiculous. I'm not going to do that because then the same information's out there twice, and they could just watch me rather than watch him right well that's not that's not fair you know but no let's uh, i'm trying to cross my legs uh, i'm so cl close to my desk i was trying to cross my ankles there so what's the what's the heart i mean you you do a lot of uh group or do i don't know if you still do a lot of group speaking have you ever had some problems when group speaking because i watch a, a, I watch a lot of group group speakers uh, but some of them have had people that have questioned whatever they say. And But have you, have you ever had someone that's truly been problematic and you're like, man, oof, this is this is getting argumentative and tricky? You know, on, on the, some of the group panelists that I have, I've kind of really bitten the bullet of it's OK to disagree. It's, a, it's OK to agree to disagree. Yeah. And that's what I really have to keep grounded for myself because, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds, has different experiences, different oh, yeah. perspectives, programmed, unprogrammed, you name it. But when I do feel like of a conflict of interest where it really gets to me, I have really, really worked on this just by saying, okay, leave it as it is and just walk away or, you know, ended at that point like you know what it's okay i'm just gonna i did my piece i'm not here for them i'm here for the people i'm working with and the individuals it's not about me and i just kind of move on you know but that was a really big thing for me to swallow because you know growing up i was bullied i was abused neglected you name it thrown into trash cans 
you're shoved into lockers, you know. Yeah, no, I was bullied. It's all right. We're all, uh... You know, but that's what makes me stronger. And those are the scars that are going to remind me never to give permission or power to somebody else to do that. And most importantly, what I do work with individuals is to, you know, allow the healing power of forgiveness, you know, not to forget, but to forgive that they're uninformed, that's all they've known, and it's a reflection of them and not you. And you must take the power in your hand to allow yourself to heal, embrace it, and face your past because it will continue to chase you. Well, it's also and, finding, sorry, it's also finding that inner person's strength as well, that right. person's inner strength. Because right. uh, everyone's got that inner strength, but it's just so barraged down by bullying yeah. and crap, and yeah. getting it out of that shadow is very tricky. Sorry, carry yeah. on. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, you know, because it was just like, you know, when I, you know, just a brief thing about me. So I was adopted and I, I was adopted from Colombia, South America, and like the cartel, the war torn era. And my parents made the ultimate sacrifice to put me up for adoption. And I was welcomed in open arms with unconditional love and healthy and wealthy parents, you know, where. I was, I arrived to the States 11 pounds at 11 months old. That's a pound per month, you know? And then I just kind of was like, you know, because of their honesty and transparency, what we were talking about, they said, you're adopted, but if you ever want to reclaim your family and find out more, we'll be more than happy to support you. Now, seven years old, that's a treasure and a tragedy in itself. It's a treasure, you're a gift to your family, tragedy like you still don't have the mental capacity to say well if my parents didn't want me they put me up for adoption what you know it's, it's a tricky thing as a, a seven-year-old to adjust to because yeah and if you're used to that for seven years of your life that's a long period of time right and it's 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 almost well it, it kind of is a lie but it's a lie right. that is a, a, it's a very honest loving yeah. lie that's People talk about white lies. It's almost like the reverse opposite of that. And I don't even think there's a name for it. I can't imagine that there is a name for a lie that is based upon truth and wanting everything to be okay. Upon the when you're delivering that lie to the person, they they have no understanding of what's going on. Because that is a scenario. It's like Santa. Yes. It's yeah. almost like Santa, but it's not because Santa's not real. But this scenario is. Right, you know, right. and there's no and, such and real hard. thing. That was hard for me, you know, because, but I'm, I, you know, looking back, Tim, I, I, I've seen so many individuals who were never told they were adopted or find out later on in life. And they're like, what? But I mean, for me, it was a little understanding because my complexion, my features were different of my parents a little oh, okay. bit because, you know, because being of you know colombian descent my parents were you know caucasian so uh, okay. i mean we all had brown hair and brown eyes but at the same token there was a significant yeah, yeah. features you know it was kind of a bit like maybe what's going on here you know this, right this right questions would arise naturally right. within yeah. within that it'd be almost unimaginable to not them to not because we have these uh, emotions and instincts that have been driven into us for millions of years. It's Absolutely. almost unimaginable to not understand what's going on. I, I, w- I would suggest it'd be like being a, uh, I say in a dog format, but it'd be like being right. a border collie and waking up in a family of Alsatians. Right, 
Exactly. You're like, we're all kind of dogs, but what's going on here? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a exactly. fucked up way to put it, but it's the only way that my brain can get it out in that way. No, I hear, yeah. It's <laughs> kind of like, something's not right here. Wait a minute, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, something's not right. But, I'm not... Know, I'm not calling anybody dogs. I'm just saying that's the best way that I would analogize it. And it's probably society a terrible way. Call, you know what? Society calls men, do men dogs, which is inappropriate and unaccepted. So, I mean, you know, oh, today's yeah. time, think about it. I forgot that they did that. Because that stupid woofing crap. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. forgot all so, about that. So you're not alone, you know. Not that I encourage it or impede upon it, but, you know... People have been called worse, to be honest, you know, oh, yeah. and and we can go even farther back, but but, but we'll keep it present yeah, yeah. Know, in a positive light. But yeah, and it's, you know, so getting to the point of kind of understanding, you know, how you, you know, push through trials and tribulations in your life. What is the chemical makeup? What is the neurological makeup? What is the environmental makeup? of an individual that molds them, you know, because that was something that was difficult for me. You know, my parents were very healthy and wealthy and successful Wall Street bankers. And I'm like, how am I going to meet up to that? I can't even, you know, yeah, make it yeah, through yeah. school. But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think what we have to understand is that there's more than one way. There's not just one way. And when we have that ability to think outside the box, look at our tools and gifts and skills and talents that we have within sharpen them and figure out okay what tool do i need to use what that's when we become authentic that's when we become who we are you know matthew mcconaughey had said at one of his speeches he said Big he fun. said something me too i think for different reasons but <laughs> oh but i don't know what's your reasons this he's is, very attractive he's a very uh, attractive guy i think he's, he's very an attractive, attractive. guy you know. got telling me we ain't got the same reasons i i know he's an attractive guy he was in yes. magic mike come on yes man. well yes wasn't in magic mike for a reason yes didn't true. stand alongside uh channing tatum channing for tatum. a reason for the record i do share a birthday with channing tatum just just so you know uh, that's pretty cool <laughs> but yeah but he said you know when you're when you're trying to figure out who you are First of all, figure out who you don't want to be. Do a process of elimination. I don't yep. want to be this way. I don't want to be this way. And then you kind of close in the lens of who you really are. And I thought that was so powerful. And my mentor, you know, Mr. Les Brown is like, you know, vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of awareness and, yep. and you know, courageousness. And I thought Character. that was like, you know, very amazing because these are two individuals different stature, different backgrounds. But at the same token, this is why I I, I am so, I, I don't wanna say admirable, but I'm, I'm very grateful to learn about them because they remember where they've been. And if we can just have our leaders anywhere, any realm, even in the employment industry, remember, you didn't get CEO overnight. Yeah, you yeah. had to do, and I think that's that's what attracts me to a lot of individuals. And when I saw your potential and your growth, when when I saw the posts that you offered of, of you know your podcast, I was just like, this is somebody I want to work with. This is somebody I want to collaborate with because not only the the, the the component of integrity, transparency, and passion, 
But he's going to get to the root cause and he's going to know where he's been and oh, where yeah, he's no. going. <laughs> you know? You know? Believe you me, I know, I know exactly what my aims are and my goals. You know? But I mean, a lot of people try to sugarcoat it and just want that three-piece suit and say, that's who I am now. And and I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I was yeah, just like, look, no. know where you've been because that's what's going to make you flourish and that's what's going to make people rise and unite with you rather than well, conquer and divide. The fun fun fact is most people look at this conversation. We're we're like two dimensional in a way. We're on a two two D screen, but we're three dimensional people. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, there's there's a lot that people don't quite understand when they're just looking at that screen and looking at a conversation. It's just two dimensional. There's a conversation going on, but there's way more going on. You know, there's me and you physically talking now. There's that third dimension, but there's also an emotional aspect. There's tons and tons going on, and it's a very strange thing. Do you want to just take a little brief intermission? Because this is a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic show. And uh, unfortunately for me, due to the fact that I was an hour and a half early, I decided to double up on my uh, liquid uh, intake. So uh, you know. No problem. Yeah, we can take a brief intermission. No problem. Nice one. Just give me about three minutes, if that. I'm normally pretty quick. And we're back, folks. Luckily, I, uh, well, emptied myself like a goddamn camelback uh, that you put in your rooks like that. Aha, straight back in. Maybe. Hey, volume. Aha. Sorry about that. It was, uh, like I said, I got to the, uh, I'd got on it early and I had a cup of coffee and perked up and well <laughs> you know how that works but yes <laughs> but no <laughs> so what's uh we'll kick back straight into the show yes um now hmm, just bear me a second no it's all right the problem is i'm a a, a heavy smoker it's oh. one of my biggest vices in my life that and the fact i'm a Semi-functioning alcoholic, some would say, <laughs> uh, allegedly. Um, but I, I got, I've got like this whole mess of notes I've, uh, got in front of me. Not that it really matters. It was getting pretty philosophical there as well until yes. I had to uh, disappear. So, who are some of your favourite speakers? Because so some of my favorite speakers, definitely that I've been studying over the years, uh, obviously my mentor, Mr. Les Brown. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, to look into him because uh, he's amazing. I know quite. A, I used to love love motivation of speaking because of the many weird random jobs I've had, but right. I've not heard of him, uh, so I'll have to look into him. Yes, definitely check him out. I uh, Wayne Dyer, uh, Eric Thomas. You know, I've heard Tony of Eric Robbins, Thomas. Eric Thomas, Tony yeah, I've Robbins. Yeah, I've heard of him. Same for Tony Robbins. Uh, Greg Platt was a, was a workout kind of. Um, workout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of male figures, to be honest. You know, like I said, I, I mean, growing up when I was young, I was the only female for several years so when you know the women were in the kitchen cooking up an amazing italian cuisine i was out in the field playing football with my cousins <laughs> uh, I, so, so yeah i had a lot of that's a, a strange of, uh, one influence with that you know 
Why were they cooking Italian cuisine? So my 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 mother is Italian, my father's Irish. So oh. in the for hours and hours, I was like, yeah. Ah. To, to be honest, this sounds super crazy, but I've always wanted to be in one of them environments because I love Italian food. Uh, and I've always wanted to be in that kitchen when it's just like, I don't know, five or six women or smash yes. and, and they smash one of the greatest meals ever. I've I've had, I mean, I've been to Italy a few times and oh, wow. bang, uh, the food's amazing, but I've always wanted to be in that environment. Just war. It now, I was like, wow, I could have learned so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, mean... I didn't. I was, you know, I was out with the, my cousins. We were on the football field in the rain, snow, sleet, you know, sun, sweltering heat, playing football in the street or on the field, you know. And I remember, you know, one of the amazing, most amazing cuisines that they stirred up was not only is every Sunday, you know, the Italian meals, but Definitely Christmas was just all the trimmings, you name it, mm. from like, ah, oh, it, it was a feast all the time, you know? And fortunately, my husband has been able to adapt a lot of their recipes. And so the legacy lives on through him, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Be it being Irish, hmm, it's a yeah. s strong adaption. Yeah, well my, well, my father was Irish. My mother okay. was Italian. Yeah. You know, and so my husband, you know, he he's from the islands and he just would watch and just be okay. so at attentive and he would just watch all the different To be honest though, Irish, Irish people are pretty good cooks. I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna lie. There's we went to Ireland. I've worked with a few. The They're pretty good. Beautiful place on earth. Audience, if you have not been to Ireland, Where'd go you there. Go? We went to, well, we went to, we did the Brendan tours. So we went, started in okay. Belfast and went all the way through Dublin. And I was able to be, we were invited to an Irish wedding on the elevator from a young couple. You know, like everybody had the gift of gab and they yep. were talking and they were like, oh, where are you? My husband does the accent. I, my, impeccably i can but he's like oh where are you from and we're like uh america's like obviously we know where you're from we're like oh the you know the tri-state area and they're like we're getting married tomorrow we'd love for you to come and we're like oh no that's okay and they're like and the guy got like really like insulted he's like no we would love come for in. you to come and we're yeah. like okay <laughs> so i got to dance with the bride's father and we had an amazing time it was so awesome it was really cool that's amazing enjoy yeah See, it's, it's one of those things i mean the I used to be able to be really good at accents, but I don't try it anymore. Right. I need to uh, walk off into the woods for a week <laughs> and, and nail them all. But I, like I, I, like, I like your accent. I love it. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. It's uh, oh, it's terrible. It's not that great. It's not quite common, common English, but it's it's sort of a midway. I'd well, like to I don't know imagine. If this is an insult or not after the big one I gave you as far as a compliment. Hope this is not oh, no. an insult, but I watch Top Gear or, you know, Grand okay. Tour. Yep. And those guys are hysterical. Yeah, I love Jer them. Jeremy Clarkson, fan. you know, Richard Hammond, and yeah, yeah. James May. I love them. So They're I can brilliant. Listen, I can listen to European accent all day, every day. Well, the strange thing is, is, is for years people thought they were so stupid, but. None of them are. Yeah, they're all they're super not. fucking intelligent guys. Oh 
like and what and what people fail to realize is like, oh that dude like jeremy clarkson for example people go oh he's stupid no no he's doing that for the cameras if he was stupid, he wouldn't be making you watch him right now. He wouldn't be making the fat dough and making you discuss him yes. week after week for his stupidity and buffoonery. That is an intelligent man. Get the fuck out of here. It's market employees. Come on. But he's very funny. I, that, I love the I love the dude as well. He's uh, just like a farming nowadays, which I'm a big, big fan of. I was like, how do you have that much farm? Well, he is, you know, well, very yeah, wealthy. Not gonna lie, but yeah, we watched one episode of the the farming Clarkson's farm. theories, Clarkson's yeah. farm, and I was just like, I got so depressed. I was like, oh my gosh, why would you do that? You know, and you said it's marketing and everything, well, but I was just like, wow. Okay, I felt so that. sad <laughs> for the farmers. I have such a higher respect for farmers. It's a long, it's a very long day. I'm not going to yes. lie, but yeah. the fun part about it is that he does stuff at cheaper than price. So he, the, and he had a lot of controversy about it, I think, because he was underpricing uh, retail supermarkets. And wow. well, why can't you? You're a yeah. fucking multi-millionaire. Let's give back. But Absolutely. well, the uh, powers that be didn't allow that. So... He had a lot of shit about it, and then obviously yeah. there was a, a lot to it. There was tons of stuff, but this was yeah. his own per personal farm. And then obviously yeah. now he's now he's got a show about it, and it's on Amazon. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know. I watched it. Uh, I don't watched know it. <clears throat> what's going on there. So, a deal. Someone, someone's smiling to the bank somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, um, well yeah, he's he's a smart guy as well because yeah, he's got his he's, he's got properties in places like Monaco and where there's no tax you know right, so it's not right. it's not quite tax evasion because if you've got that property and you own it you, you still have some sort of shit to pay right, you don't just right. live there rent rent free you're still paying into the country when you go there exactly. you know you exactly. you've bought the house flat out right. who cares about tax if you've paid a million whatever it is for it right and then and then you go there every year and then not you like pay. Didn't work for it either. You absolutely. For that money. <laughs> no, I, I know absolutely. He worked his bollocks off, and I love some of their um, some of their long trips that they do. Yes. They're the best. Uh, I, I was... watched every episode of them. I love them. I'm sorry. I love them. They're just awesome because it's like just the you know the tongue in cheek comedy that you know they have, but also just the amazing places they've been. And I'm a die. I love cars. So I was that's, I was waiting for. Again, you said this was the opposite of the compliment. I was waiting for, I was waiting well, for that. Where was it? You sound like Jeremy Clarkson, like like not Jeremy, but like probably a mix between James May and Jeremy. Oh, the right, the okay. accent. I was like, is that a compliment or not? is that an insult? <laughs> yeah, they, well, that's a strange one because I sound pretty much like my dad. And, okay, uh, well, I hope so. Th there's this weird, weird genetic thing with males in our family where we all look and sound the same, right, but this. Right. There's, there's mild differences, obviously, but, right. you know, there's... So I don't know. Hmm. I could almost now... I almost have to now imagine my dad and cross-referencing cross those two. Because well, so many people... Well, just while you're looking at your dad and listen yeah. to Jeremy. And do the opposite I know. I can, I can almost imagine it. I think well, it's... Because, I mean, I think... Well, Jeremy what, has a deeper voice. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing, is I've got... A, a really deep voice and I, I gained that as soon as I was about 11. I hit puberty wow. pretty pretty fast. I'm sure I got it 
sooner than then. But fun times, you know, getting getting hairy knuckles when you go into a secondary school like uh, Robin Williams. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's very fun. Very fun. It's all right. It's why I use a lot of uh, like ape-like, dis- you know, descriptions. Like my logo as well. Because, you know, I've, right. ha- hair is fuck, man, down my back. And I don't care. European. It's the way you're made. Yeah. You they, they, they can't. Absolutely, they can't. So, obviously, you do this, the accountability stuff. Yes. Has there been any weird moments that have counteracted you because it's a weird thing accountability where to make someone accountable for their actions is a tricky thing to do and i'm sure that you've had people that have come to you with weird circumstances now i know that you can't specifically talk about them because of oh no there might be some sort of confidentiality but you ever had any weird moments where you're like hmm this is this is pretty tricky you know you know I try to, you know, like, as, as you know, as an empath and, and being passionate with your work, I try to kind of gain the perspective of the individual I'm working with. Why is this important? Why would you want to achieve this at this age? Or you, you have these statutes of your lifestyle, but yet your goals and dreams are pretty basic. Mm. So it's interesting when you work with individuals because you have some of the individuals where they're maybe at level B per se, and they want to get to Z. And you're like, all right, let's take it one step at a time. Let's crawl before we learn to walk. And you don't want to get frustrated on their pace because when I started this out, I was like, okay, what do I have? I have two decades of personal development experience in social work and psychology. I have my own, you know, series of my own life that I've been through. And how do I, do I, what makes me, well, not even relate to it, but kind of adapt it and customize it to them. Because in the beginning, I was just like, okay, here are the steps, here are the manuals that I feel would be the best tools for you. Then when I really got into a deeper dive of it and understood the person, well, This is how I learn. This is my environment. This is my financial. This is my emotional. This is my mental. I had to then rewire and and, and kind of learn different personality types, different temperaments, different learning styles. You know, there's a lot to it. And when I would see somebody, you know, like you said, Tim, you don't never judge a book by its cover. And I would be like, wow you look like this on social media or your website or what have you. And then you want to do this. And I was just like, but you're here. Why do you want to start so basic? And you, and that's, that's what makes me different. I get to the root cause because they've gotten to that level at a certain point for a certain reason, whether it's with guidance or knowledge, but now they really want to hone into it and apply it on all levels, all dynamics. And that's what I help people to do. It's not necessarily a downgrade, but it's more no, like no, a no. step into reality. It's like, you know, exactly. if you've got this huge influencer social media presence and then they just go, man, this is fucking tiresome. Right, and it right. kind of is because it's 20. If you're an influencer, that is boom. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, fi- you're not firing six shots. You've right. got to goddamn minigun and you're firing pictures out you're firing your life out and it's going on and on 
and you've got almost unlimited rounds up until you personally decide to go, hey, I can't, I've got to pull this now. I've got to fucking put the safety on because otherwise it's going to go keep keep going and get out of control. Exactly. And that's what, what really was the reality and the appreciation, piggybacking to what I said earlier in the show with podcasters. We're only seeing one perspective. And if you look at movies today or even TV shows today, oh, yeah. It's a skewed perspective. And, you know, my husband's in photography. He's also, you know, has other jacks of all trades, you know, professional comedian and a technician and Ooh, all that stuff. Comedian. And you look, you look, you look at it and you're like, wait a minute. And then when they show, like, for example, I don't know if there's any Star Wars fans, but I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. And we looked at the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian. And I was just like, this is disappointing. <laughs> I'm thinking it's a huge, you know, old school screen and all nope. these things. And it's literally in a closet. Some of yep. the scenes are that. And I'm just like, as a parent and as somebody who, and you can relate as a parent, as, and as somebody who wants the truth, I'm ready for the truth. I don't want to hear nothing but the truth. And I was just like, well, that's, you know, kind of going back to the, the, you know, tooth fairy Santa thing, like it is real, but it's not, you know what I mean? And it's just, I really fear for our next generations because they see, oh, I just wanted to use two. I just want to do YouTube. But you and I know doing YouTube is a lot of work. It's not just picking up a camera and oh, yeah. blogging every day. It's Editing. timing and timing and, you know, yeah. effects and tonality and engagement, learning how to look at a camera like you're sitting right in front of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think that getting back to where it was, you know, the original question, some weird requests from the candidates that I work with, you see them as, you know, on a pedestal on social media, but they're like really need repairs and refinements on the core, on the inner core of yeah, things, yeah. you know? One, one thing I do is I always have my camera off to this weird angle. Because mm -hmm. I've always found it weird. If I'm staring at the, the camera like that, it's almost off-putting. You, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sideways and then you did the right front of it. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there is a strategic reason. I am I'm looking at you. My camera my camera is at this little forty five degree. It's a very strategic angle. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is because again my my monitor is like here. Right. So it's almost like my cam my camera is perfectly in line. Right. Like with where my arm is, mm -hmm. but my monitor my monitor is about thirty degrees off. Right. But it's off off just enough where. I like because again I don't like these weird. If people just stare like that, it looks so it looks strange. Right, right. You know, it looks weird, especially considering I smoke. And when when I do open my eyes fully, I look like all weird. Look, look at that. It's crazy. It doesn't look good. So even when I so even then I've got my my I'm positioned to the point I can just stare. I can look at you, but I'm almost face on. Right. It's a very it's a great. It's a great weird perspective, but you yeah. can't quite see. It looks like I'm, I'm, I'm. It doesn't even look like I have eyes sometimes. Right. <laughs> doesn't even look like they're You're open. Looking down. You're looking down. It's like wait. But like, but for I can. Me, I can... This was hard because I want to engage with the audience. Oh yeah. And when no. I first started, I was like, I 
looks weird. I can't even see the host, you know. So that's why every now and again I'll look down to kind of, you know, get the body language, the energy, and you know, all that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I feel, I feel what you're saying. It's just I can't ever, I can't stare at a camera. And if I was to put the monitor in front of it, I think yeah. it's too much. I'd rather no, not absolutely. look at the. Ca- I'd rather not look at the camera. Right. And in doing so, I'd rather create an angle where I can almost look flush, right. but I can pay more attention to you. And I've also, I've not got to really be face on. You right. know, I can, again, I'm half face on now, and I've got this sort of downward. It's it's a very strange angle. but it, No, but I like it. It's, it's, it gives, it, uh, you know. It works. It's, it's, my, it's my own weird perspective. Um, but again, I, I only base this upon, don't even blame me. I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick fan. So okay. I've based a lot of my weird angles and lighting upon him. Right. It's like why this skull's completely half black, but white is why it's very shadowed. Um, right, right. There's weird shadows like the curve in the corner. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, yeah. got weird angles. I like, it's very... I like the, the, the environment you're in. Very rustic. I like it. It's very mm. cool. We need a lot of hashtags in this. We've talked about Wayne Dyer, Les Brown, Matthew McConaughey. What's. I know what. What was the guy's name? Steve. 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 What was it? What was it? What, the guy you just mentioned. Did I totally mess his name up? You said, this is not my way of sitting. This is... Oh, this is uh, Stanley Kubrick. Stanley it's, Kubrick. Uh, I had the ST right. <laughs> it's a weird, there's a weird, like, parallel 30-ish degree gotcha. angle. It's a yeah. good one. Because yeah, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still engaging. There's no, no there's been a not, there's been not a single inconsistency. Right. And, you have, and I've looked at it the whole time. Even if it looks like I've been asleep. <laughs> But my, uh, you know, my words would say different. So, Matthew McConaughey, what what do you like about him a lot? Because I, I like about his realness, you know, because what he is in movies is what he is on, you know, when I've seen him live. Well, not live, but, you know, when he's not in movies, when he's doing an interview or something, you know, he's down to earth. He gets a lot of slack from audience, you know, but he still pushes on. And that that's what's very... That I that are very intriguing, you know. What, you can, what's your favorite that, film? Matthew McConaughey film. Jeez, let's see. You ever seen The Lincoln Lawyer? That's a bad. Film. No, I have not seen that. Ooh. I have to see that. I've seen I've seen all the funny ones, the romantic comedies, and then Dazed and uh, Confused, okay. Dazed and Confused, Magic Mike. You know, nothing groundbreaking or earth shattering. Oh. I should, but I do have his um, audio book. Um, you know that I'm that I want to read. Have you seen what a, green something? What about gold? Gold's gold. Gold. Yes, one. I saw that. That's a good. About, one. about the yes. gold rush. Yes. He does yes. a lot of uh, semi-biopic films. You know. Yes. He, and and that, he plays it really well. And I think one of the things, one of the interviews was, he was like offered like a ridiculous amount of money to be that you know, all right, all right, all right guy. And he's like, no, man. I want to do nope. something different. I want to change my my repertoire and whatnot. And I think that to to me, just like, you know, the others, individuals that have come full circle and transparent, I think that's something that really is attractive to any individual. Oh, yeah. You know, that they're able to say, no, nah, man, I, I'm not going to follow. And, and one of my quotes is follow your heart and not the herd, for the herd will okay. get you hurt. And I think that 
really resonates with me with a lot of the influencers that I follow or watch or listen to because if you have the capacity the you know the strength and the courage to go against you know something that everybody wants you to do that's most admirable because you are really truly doing you you know what I mean it's like the way that the word sheep's overplayed now yes it's like, well are you just a sheep and all that it's, right. it's like yeah but there's multiple different flocks of right. sheep. Exactly. Which is, you know, the, and that's kind of the way it is now. You know, we're all different. There's so many variables of people. Right. Uh, tons and tons of variables. What do you think about this for a, just as a theory slash concept? It's almost so hard to put down. Okay. Uh, so again, it's, it's like, I'm not saying that you can guess what people are going to do, but if you almost gain a certain amount of knowledge about these different, let's say, flocks, right. calling back to what we just said, or people, you can almost g gain a certain amount of patterns, if that makes sense. Because a lot of people follow certain traits and they're so easy to distinguish. It's like when you're in a relationship and you know it's about to go bad. It's like, well, how do we know that? Right. this weird weird instinct that gut feeling <clears throat> and i've got this weird sort of theory but it's almost so difficult to to really out just because of the variables uh there's so many but you can almost sort of guess what people are going to do when they're going to plan a plan a moment mm -hmm. because you can you can base it and there's there's so many variables that it is hard to to pinpoint at it but I'm not saying it's not hard to do if you had all of that information. You know, it's almost—it's like the people that are in the government have information about millions and millions of people, you know, and they can almost, in terms of advertising, guess what they want right, right. because of gained information. Now, you can break that down and go further down the line in terms of just people and human emotions and situations and the environment. And if you've been through X amount of those and then you encounter people that have almost been through the same circumstances, you can almost go, hey, I know how this is going to go. Right. Most of the time it works in relationships and with minor friendships. Right. But you got any thoughts upon that? I call it the blueprint theory because there's certain blueprints to life where, you know, you wake up in the morning, you know what's going to happen if it's all scheduled. And I think it's, you know, I totally relate and I totally understand what you're saying. You know, it's habitual rituals that people you know, yeah, incorporate, yeah. but at the same token, you can almost predict their circumstances and their outcomes because of the lifestyle that they led. You don't need to know a lot about the individual, nope. but I think what we have as empaths and our heightened awareness, we're able to, to see it a lot more clearly than other individuals, in other words, per saying, lifting the veil, per se, you know, and when we have that intuition, and what really allowed me to grow through this journey was people's intentions. Once I yeah, tapped yeah. it into people's intentions and intentions and incentives, uh, my circle got really, really small. And, you know, also from being unplugged, because it's just amazing how we can just, you know, be caught in this whirlwind of perspective. And when you, for example, I'm trying to think of a, 
light topic. For example, if you were to say, you know what, Tim, I saw this amazing restaurant. It has all these amazing, amazing fruitful flavors and your palate will just explode with all the different types of things. If I know you, you would do the reviews, you would do your research, you would get an informed in, in, you know, opinion or perspective per se, and then you may or may not immediately, but down the road decide when to go to that restaurant. Now, other individuals, you have the people pleasers, the people who are unable yep. to think for themselves, the people who will just follow the herd. And when I, I did this video some time ago, why are we not asking why? You know, I was always reprimanded as a child from my peers and my teachers. Andre, you ask a million questions. Yeah, because I want to know the answers. The answers. And nobody, <laughs> you know, and, and I used to, just, you know, I mean, I really wasn't, I had to work 10 times harder in school. So I had found the outlet of music and sports to kind of keep me at bay. Was but, that because of ethnicity or was that? You know what it was? Reasons. I think it was because of being bullied, my ethnicity. Um, I just learned differently. And when, when I was in school, there was only one cookie cutter ray. You read something, you had a test. Right, okay. And I mean, it's not far from that now, but you know, I'm a visual learner, you know, I'm a visual learner. So if you were going to say, all right, Andrea, this is how you do a podcast. I would need you to sit here with me. I would watch you do it, observe you do it, take my own notes, do a reflection, try it hands on. And then I would master it after maybe two or three times. You know, if I read a book, forget it. I, I, you want to put me to sleep, put a book in front of me. I can't, I don't learn that way. That's why I do a lot of audio books. And so yeah, what I feel reader. was that, you know, when I did peak interest into a certain subject or topic in school, I would raise my head. Well, why? Well, that's just the way it is. No, why? <laughs> and people would get, you know, frustrated. But even up to even today, this very moment um, on Monday, August 23rd, I still ask why. And people are, well, that's just the way it is. When did the human race stop asking questions and just settle for things as it is? And if we are able to tap into that and do some self-exploration, do the quote-unquote work to, to find out our own answers, just imagine where we would be. Well, and a lot a of people are fearful of that. It's a very good question because at the minute there's tons and tons of questions out there, but it's just being yeah. barely it's the right by questions. the news. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are so many. And again, my show's mostly like paranormal shit, aliens, supernatural stuff. And this was something that come out was this Pentagon file that was, well, it was a flop. It was a big flop, yeah. which was pretty crap. You know, people were waiting. People, so many people. I can't imagine how many numbers, but it wasn't just as widespread as America where they was releasing it because I was looking into it. I'm in the right. UK. So you're telling me oh, this is just this one country. Right. I think there's multiple tons that were waiting for right. this information and it was a flop. Right. Um, but it was funny because it also then made me do a whole mess of my own research. Right. Not that I don't anyway, right. but during my week off, which was very fun, is I read several different 
heftily amounts of documents, which was well, it was time consuming. When I say I have time, when I say I have time off, that's how I spend it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's tapping into your intellect, really challenging your brain and altering, altering your perspectives. You know, a great example, and I always give examples when you know people are kind of like I, whatever, man. Our son, we went, we, we like to go to air shows, car shows, powwows, okay. and all that cool. stuff, you know? And we were at a Native American pa festival, powwow. And we were sitting, waiting for the ceremony to begin. And I don't know how old he was, but he was a lot younger. He was probably, I don't know, between the ages of five and seven. And he was sitting with this other boy and they were talking and I don't know how this came up and my husband and I were just like in front with the umbrella kind of blocking this sun and they were just kind of sitting diagonal to us right and so the the young boy goes to my son you know what my mom said that there's no such things as aliens and so my son and I'm like oh man this is I so my husband and I just you know when you connect eyes you're like well, I can't wait to see what's going to come out of his mouth. That is a great question. So my kid. son says, well, and, and uh, oh, so what, no, he goes, my mom says there's no such thing as aliens, you know, and, and I kind of, I kind of agree with her. What do you think? And my son said, no prompting, nothing. He says, well, that's funny. Why does she feel like there's no aliens? And he replied, well, because she hasn't seen one. My son's response, well, has she seen God? Because, <laughs> because, because if she, you know, she hasn't seen him, she believes that he's, he's there. And we were just like, mic drop, draw open. Wow. You know, but this is what I'm saying. Like Deep. the, the, the questions Deep. of these children, these generations, like, you know, a lot of our children take for granted and take for face value what our parents say. But at the same oh, yeah. token, we also have to kind of think, okay, well, what other answers or options are there aside outside of our parents? Not that it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but like you do, do your own personal research. You know, yeah. my best friend, God rest his soul, he would read all of these books and he would kind of be the instigator at a party or at a social event. He, and he knew that there was a diverse uh, no, <laughs> a diversity and he yeah. would just challenge them. But then he would come up with these findings that they didn't read because they only read this book or only watched yeah. this show. I don't and do that. It's I just should. like, wow. And so my message out there is just, there's always more than one way going back to the skewed perspective of movies and cinema and social media today, really, really tap into it. Start asking questions because when we stop asking questions, that's when we just settle. And that's when Why we're are stagnant. Why your thoughts on aliens? You know, I'm sorry. Why are your thoughts on aliens? What are my, I believe they're out there. I mean, I, they might even be in amongst us being on earth, you know? You used to well, say I've, that they're not. I've got a whole bunch of what... Again, I like to make up bullshit theories and then I like to just weave some stuff in. But again, I, I think that we've been here a lot longer than we have. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In terms of te technology, I just think we've been obliterated time and time again. Oh, absolutely. By comet after comet or whatever. 
And because you know this planet's been here for a long time, you're telling me a few thousand years were what we were here. Get out! Get out of town! Come on, man. Probability would fuck those numbers up right away. I just think. Um, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, I if we only, use, I mean, we only use a small percentage of our mind, and if we were able to use that full capacity we would be prepared to understand more but i think we're just so programmed and limited it's 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 it'll be well, detrimental for some of do, us <clears throat> excuse me we do that but the problem is the film lucy made that film made made that seem like it was bullshit right like it was we was using this minimalistic percent mm-hmm. and that we if we un- unlocked this whatever ridiculous percentage that right. we could you know break time barriers and i don't think that that was really the case i know that we are significantly there's you know there's parts of your brain that you drop yeah when you turn from an adult to a child a child to an adult sorry right. uh that's a fact and right. you know you don't really get any of that back right. even though you, you'd go hey yeah but my brain's bigger and it's like yeah but certain areas needed to be bigger because right. otherwise you're not going to delve into society in a decent way right. you know right absolutely and i mean i think there's so much more potential and like i said that goes back to oh, accountability yeah. we just we either settle or we put limits in front of ourselves and then wonder why are we you know stuck we are in our own way and that's the biggest obstacle i feel a lot of people struggle with it's like oh i want this i want this i want this well are you willing to do what it takes to get it? And yeah. if not, nobody else is to blame but you. And that's what makes me stick out as a coach. You know, a lot of the a lot of individuals have templates, exercises, you know, mind and mind, body and soul and to each his own. But I'm not sitting in Tim's, you know, head while he wakes up in the morning. I don't know if he stubbed no. his toe. I don't know if he got into a spat with his family. I don't know if he, you know, was tired from the night before. I don't know if he just had, you know, an amazing time with his family and is in a happy mood. You know, I, I, so I don't dictate and I don't lecture and I listen and I learn and say, okay, what is it that you want to achieve? It's Let's crazy. walk with them the, together. The, all of those are in the same bubble. Right. All of those have happened to me. This yeah. is what I was saying within this week. Yeah. Talk about that blueprint. Yep. I did stub my toe and it fucking hurt. <laughs> I did have I a little spot it. I knew I family. felt something. <laughs> we're, we're going out tomorrow. Yeah. He was pretty much on the ball there. With yeah. it. That's why I was like, when you was reeling them off, I was like, huh, these are getting super, super realistic. Especially the, the, when you said stub my toe. That was a... Uh, I told you. That's I when I... <laughs> fucking hurt. Then on a piece of marble this time. Uh, was it your pinky toe? Uh, no, your my ring, big toe. No, nah, I've done... I've, it's a funny story. My, uh, I used to live with a guy called Mick. Okay. It's very, very rare that I actually shout his name out in any of these stories, but I'm going to put one of these stories out there. Um, I, he used to live with me uh, after one of my breakups, and he used to have copious amounts of accidents. And I remember, like once, because he used to sleep downstairs, and I used to have upstairs. Like we had a child at this point. And then obviously my ex and the child moved out and decided to leave me with a house and some debt, which was very, very fun. And, uh, but also I moved a friend in and 
you know, it was, but, but he used to sleep downstairs. And one night I heard all this crazy banging, like oh my a, a really bad banging. And I was like, what is going on here? And this wasn't one of the first sort of mixed situations. Right. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, and I thought nothing of it. And then the following morning I come down and I was like, what was that banging? And he was like, mate, you want to see my thumb? He was like, for some reason, and I don't even know why. And he'd bashed in his thumb and his foot yeah. in the same night. So what he'd somehow done was he went to get a glass out the cupboard, went to shut the cupboard door, but left his thumb in the way. And bear in mind, again, you know, we do, we smoke a lot. And right. he woke up and we were smoking a lot at this point. And he right. woke up so high that he was trying to shut the cupboard door on his thumb to the point it indented his thumb. And I heard, I must have heard about six bangs before I heard like an, ah, you bastard sort of noise, you know? And that wasn't it. Then he'd come back through to the living room and then banged his big toe on the door. But what he'd done was caught up in it. So he'd come through, banged his foot, like step round the door went mad at the door because again he'd smashed in his hand caught his toe oh and then he went to slam the door and slammed it right over his big toe the same toe oh, that he yeah. banged it, it was in terms of probability someone was pl sitting there in in god's casino putting their odds on that going listen he's gonna fucking do this my friend and everyone's like that's not that is not gonna happen and everyone's like listen it was crazy but obviously the next day he'd show me these crazy marks and he'd had this huge uh line going over his thumb like obviously it was it was like over where his like join of this thumb was right, right. And, and then obviously over his toe which was his right foot oh. and it was just like i was a bit i was like man that's crazy it's one of my few many mixed stories uh it was the it was the first there's multiple amounts of them i'm sure i might have mentioned one before but i don't know but it, it was oh, oh pure pain that's bad. what's the I, most I was, pain I was wincing when i heard that I yeah was like, it, was... it was repetitive that's painful i don't know how he done it i don't know how he done it there's been many moments i've worked with a guy once so i'm not going to dive all the story but there's a there was a moment that was truly i can't i can't get into it now i'll put it on another show but it was it was great uh, i'm going to start putting out a lot more of my own little fucking live stories because some of them are <laughs> fucked up man what's the what's one of the craziest painful things that's happened to you you ready for this? Um, so... You can't count childbirth. Again, I've been there watching childbirth and it is painful. Yes. But that, we have to exclude that because I know that's painful, but that's a different level of that's pain. a different level you know? of pain, yes. So probably the most painful. So I was supposed to go on a blind date <laughs> and it was in an unfamiliar area. So I was like young in high school. So my parents took me to a sporting event. This you know the person played you know hockey so i was like all right so my parents had taken me to the hockey arena we were kind of getting our bearings waiting for the game to start and there was a game in action so we should have realized why everybody was standing up well 
we sat down to watch the end of the game. Well, truth be told, we're checking out the, you know, the surroundings and they forgot how, what the terminology is. They square off, I guess, to start the, the next period. Oh, okay, yeah. So what happened was my father was on one side, my mother was on the other side, and all of a sudden they heard whoosh. The puck came over the rails, hit me oh, right, <laughs> hit me right on my forehead and right on my nose and broke oh. like everything. And it was crazy. So that had to be the most pain. I mean, first of all, I didn't know what happened. And kudos to the staff. They came out like wildfire and just took care of everything. But it was oh. just so, and then I, I played soccer as an athlete in school. So I've gotten many concussions, probably shouldn't have played while I still had the con concussions, not like today's game where you would sit out the rest of the game. But I've had multiple know, ones, right. you know, in playing soccer, football over in the UK. And yeah, um, yeah so know, when think, that does. I think it's a difference. You play football. You play football and it's namby pamby bullshit. Right, you right. You play soccer and it's yeah. the, the way that fucking football should be. Yes. I think that that is the first time I've ever heard that as an, an, an analogy. Yes. And I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it because football. Uh, I've got. I don't really like it. Talking yeah. about English football. Right, right. Uh, <clears throat> Not American football. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that's namby pamby, but I'm saying English football. I'm saying that for the listeners, just in right. case someone goes, "Oh, American football, namby pamby." Get the fuck out of there! No, that's right. hardcore. No, that's I wouldn't. I would. I would. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But English football, they have these bullshit, fucking fake trips, and oh, they're flailing all over the ground. Sometimes it does hurt when you get yeah. a stud in the leg, yeah. but sometimes you can see the bullshit. Yeah. But how? Ever, you look at it in different countries and it's fucking real stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, you know? I've literally gotten smashed in the face of like 100 feet from an opponent, you know, head oh, yeah. in, trying to do... That's how they should thing. play it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I tore my MCL, my PCL, my... <laughs> you name it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so that was probably the hardest... Tore your MCL. You know, because oh. when I got hit with that puck, I mean, we're talking a puck about what? Maybe about an inch and a half, maybe a little I bit more. I'm not really good. Made. Right into the head. That was crazy. Uh, and and the, the worst but funniest part was the guy that I was supposed to meet thought I stood him up. And I was like, well, did you see on the news when, you know, when or, or the, the local circular? Like, yeah, oh. I was supposed to go on. We were supposed to play a game, but the ambulance came up because someone got hurt in the stands. I was like, yeah, that was me. That was me. I got. I was watching, getting ready to watch you play, and I got hit from a previous game. He's like, "Oh my that's gosh!" Wild. Like, no helmet, nothing. You know, just. That's great. That's a great. Do you know that is a great story. Yeah, you've got a good crazy. nose, man. Considering yeah, it's been busted. My... Oh, yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and I mean, I you know I it, my my face was like ridiculous. It was oh, like oh was raccoon. I mean, I had yeah. a gap. I mean, I don't know if you could see it, but there was like a. A scar, it was so deep, it went this way, and then to break my nose, went down. And I was just, oh. it, was, it was crazy. It was crazy. That was probably the most painful experience. I mean, I've had my nose broke several times, but never by a puck. Probably going about 90 miles oh, an hour. Or easy, something. easy. And at least. 
Yeah. Uh, it's just, oh. I mean, I've had a few ball, balls hit me in the face. Right. But, but I mean, my, I've got a deviated septum. That's that's my problem because it just, right. it's like, the, like the males in my family have all got the same nose. Okay. Like it's so strange, but it also seems to always get really fucked up no. for some for some reason, and it's just crazily mangled. Oh, um, I need to get it fixed at some point, but it's not exactly on my to do list. Right. Um, so it's not a priority. Other things, you know. Kind yeah. Of I've, precedent off of that. <laughs> I've heard that the procedure for a deviated septum is they put like they scrape out some of your like. Uh, yeah, I know they scrape out some of the cartilage and then they have have two tubes up either side. Oh so no. essentially you're breathing out of these tubes and I I can't do that for a week. No. Quite, it stays in, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing that. Honestly, I'd rather like it eucalyptus or like, you know <laughs> Vicks vapor rub under my nose so I can breathe. <laughs> to open up I, the airways. It's a lot easier. I am looking into so well. I mean, I, problem is I have to clear it like twice a day because it's just oh, wow. so so always on this uh, left side. It's just oh, wow. so mangled, oh, wow. uh, mangled to fuck because it's all snapped over to whatever side. Uh, I don't know how it works internally. Yeah. But how how did you feel? I mean, because there's someone that had a puck to the face. That's that's yeah, crazy. It was you know, I fell back. According to my folks, I fell backwards. There was like two pools of like blood and then they pulled me forward and they just pinched it and then they had to reset it like at the, they had to reset it at the, at the stadium, you know, and then I had to go get it like, you know, whatever at the hospital. But yeah, it was, it was just, I was like, really? Wow. <laughs> I was like, I don't I like I said, you know, this happens now i'm i'm you know i'm just trying to get my bearings and see what what's going on yeah. and meet this guy and you know this happens trying try to hook into a relationship and yeah a, a puck between the eyes yeah and it's so oh wild. man it was so crazy that's a crazy story yeah what about when you've been uh doing motivational talks what crazy have you had any crazy moments there because there seems to be i mean i've spoke to a few people uh, I spoke to like a hypnotist and mm, a couple of like motivational pe speakers and I mean I've got a few little stories but right. some of them are pretty pretty random and I wouldn't really say that they revolve around the subject yeah. but it was just while I was whilst I was doing said job um, but have you got any weird moments like as far as like give me an example of like, like so. Yeah, so have you ever had some someone come to you and then you're like, to to, to be a client, and then you've had to go, ah, oh, this is uh this is a bit fucking random, you know, yeah, this is a bit. Know what it is? Since I've been virtual, I'm touching all corners of the world. You know, I've spoken on almost every continent, and to understand the language and the culture, you know, in in the Middle East, they call me mom. Or ma'am, you know, some oh. it's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, Where is I, wasn't it? Used to, I wasn't used to it, and I was just like, that's interesting to be called mom. Is that why your nickname's Little Mama? <laughs> no, that was actually from my height, okay. height stature, and okay. you know, everything else, but that's a good way to circle back to that. that. I thought that's what it was. I yes. had it in my notes because I go through people's Facebook a little, yeah. 
I go through the about info and I go, let's see if we can find something random. Yeah, and then I see in this nicknames little mama. I yes. was like, we're gonna have to get into that. And then you just said mama, and I yeah. was like, wow. Now that actually can be added now as an addendum, but no, because you know, so I am very petite, and so, but I had, you know, a lot of people joke that you know, you know, I have a Napoleon, you know, personality that I'm always <laughs> my fight is always bigger than my bark, you know, totally. and so. You know, to get that, you know, it's just like I was always have the mothering nurturance, but because of my petite ass, they say little mama, you know, like in oh. that regards. But the probably, you know, getting to the question of the difficulties with, uh, you know, upcoming candidates or, you know, to work with individuals is definitely the culture and the, you know, the verbiage. You know, when I first started out, they would be like, yes, ma'am, queen or mom or ma. And I didn't really understand it. But when I did a deeper dive, like I said, I always ask questions. That's, you know, a staying, uh, uh, a status, you know, a rank of like authority or respe high respect, high regard. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was difficult. And, you know, to kind of say, you know, hello, queen, how are you? Yes, ma'am, or yes, mom. And I was just kind of taking it back. And so... Well, it's like hand gestures in different countries. Yes, absolutely. In certain countries, you know, a thumbs up is a fucking no-no. Yes. You know, right. even a, uh, the, uh, okay the okay sign. sign. Yep. Know, yeah, it's yeah, very, it's yeah. You know, there's a little finger under the thumb, sort of fig type thing. Right. There's a few, it's the same sort of thing. Same, yeah. You know, and that, that's Tricky. what that's what allows me to really understand where I'm coming from, because, you know, you have these perspectives that the media or, you know, the government or the, you know, these TV have these perspectives about individuals. And it's totally different when you really see behind the scenes. I did an interview with somebody over in Pakistan and they were just so respectful in high regard that oh, yeah. that that wasn't what surprised me. But when they showed me where they lived, they kind of, we did an interview and they were doing live and they showed me where they lived in these square huts and like yeah, explosives yeah. going on, you know, a couple miles out. I was just like, wow. But the thing and, is, it's you know, like, you can't imagine the, the distress and the, the hardship that they go through on a daily basis. Absolutely. It's, it's like, uh, there's like a joke when people go, ah, oh, first world problems. And it's like, all right, it's, it's like, you know, come on, man. That's a bit of a fucking, I know it's a t t phrase or whatever, but it's like, right. but there is legitimate third world problems. Well, I mean, you know? and that's what allowed me to skew my verbiage as I'm, you know, became a global motivational speaker because I would say I come from a third world country and I was like, that's not... That's not that's not right. And I was like, so I would either say at the time it was underdeveloped, at the time it was that of the cartel, it was a drug torn war zone yeah, yeah. era because that's what it really was. And when you when I, I connect with individuals, I, I you know I did a, a seminar or teaching for women of Africa, and some of the images was just so heartbreaking. And I just wanted to help everyone. And you know, as an empath, it's like. Yeah, yeah. And for okay, me, when... with my story, I look back and I was like, that could be me. You know, if my family yeah, didn't yeah. give me up, not only would I be the individuals that they show on TV, well, I wouldn't even be here today in front of you if they didn't choose that path well, for me. 
One of the most weirdest compelling stories I've ever heard was, do you know Steve-O from Jackass? Everyone's heard of Jack Jackass. I've, I've heard of it, but I don't know who he is. Well, there's a, a guy called Steve-O. He's one of the basic, you know, stuntmen, whatever you want to call him. He okay. does his own podcast and is surprisingly is actually a very smart dude. You know, mm. he's, he does what he does and is a wild guy. But one of the most compelling things that I ever heard him say was, the way he was born was he was sort of raised, uh, his dad was like the CEO of like Pepsi in some country. Uh, maybe it was like Brazil or something. It was like Peru where he would, somewhere like that. Okay. And he was like the president of Pepsi, his dad was, and his mum was a bit of a drunk and living this wild life. Um Ah, oh, bollocks, I lost my fucking tra train of thought then. Okay. I, I knew it would happen. We were talking about perspectives and we were talking about, you know, understanding different cultures and how that It'll could have been mine. How that could have been me. Steve-O, it will come to me. Ah, oh, hate that when it happens. It's very rare. I'll remember it, don't worry. It's bad with me. I was going to say that something that he, he did. Yeah. Who is Steve-O? Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll block it out. If I remember, I'll come back to it. It's why it's a loose show, because I, yeah. I just, you know, uh, it'll probably come back to me in about 20 minutes, and I'll go, oh, yeah, I remember what it was. Okay. But no, he, uh, oh, I was hoping to get it then. <laughs> you know when you can roll stuff off the yep. tongue? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, oh, train myself to do that as well. Are you a fan of uh, neuro-linguistic programming? You come across that? I'll get back to the Stevo point because I'll I'll come back to it. Okay, yeah. What's your thoughts on uh, NLP? Because I've spoke to hypnotherapists uh, and people that have. It's a very strange niche thing. Not many people have heard of neuro linguistic programming NLP. I'm a big fan of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's you know you have to be in their mindset. You have to be in the preparation for it because a lot of people you know again it's about altered and limited perspective on it. Does it really work? Is it you know taboo? Is it something just for people to tap into? And I think that's with anything. I think when you are ready to take that next step, take that risk and go into an uncomfortable comfort zone, when you go outside of your comfort zone, amazing things definitely will occur, you know, because I really didn't, you know, I was a big thing into, you know, I understood, you know, one of my segments that I work with is mind over matter. And it's the yep. hardest, hardest, hardest thing for individuals to get. Well, they want instant gratification. They want the immediate gratification and satisfaction. And when you, like when you work on that craft, mind over matter, it's amazing what you can manifest. And with the neurological learning, I think if done with an open mind, open heart, and just ready to embrace it, that's when you're gonna it's gonna be most powerful. You know? That makes absolute crystal clear sense. Yeah. So the Steve O segue, because I remembered it. See, I knew it go. wouldn't take that long. So what I was saying was basically <laughs> was there's a celebrity called Steve-O. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, we, talk, we was talking about, you know, being privileged. 
Uh, and again, the dude is extremely privileged now because he's an international superstar. One of the biggest series, you know, it was a big TV series, big film series. Uh, but I remember he said uh, that when he was a child, again, his dad was uh, the president of a fucking of Pepsi, whatever it was. Right. But they did a trip to Africa and they did it in a limousine. And when they got there, they basically pulled up, went into a limousine and that he, he was pretty young at the time. But he felt that why did he deserve to be in this limousine when there was people scratching at the car? You know, just try and you could they could have been doing it for any singular reason, you know, mainly just because of the cars there and it. They've never seen it before, right. maybe because of the poverty, maybe because they needed help. There's so, again, tons of variables, right, right. you know, right. but it's one of the weird, it's one of those things where for someone that is in a higher position to go, this is one of my memories. And it was so, like he said that his, his dad, again, he used to drive around with his, if he was late for school, he'd have to get a lift with his dad in a limo okay. wow. and they'd sit in the, and they'd sit in the front seat. Mm. So he looked like he was with the driver right. rather than with his dad. You know, that's a very weird, humbling yeah. mentality. Right. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not worthy, but I'm just as equivalent as the driver. We're all equal. There's no status rank that I should sit in the back and be, you know, pampered or taken around. You know what I mean? Well, it's, well it was, he said that it was just because that he didn't truly understand why he was you know in this sort of weird position right and some people you know are do think that you know my <clears throat> a good example is my dad was a uh, manufacturer of gym equipment okay and uh, one of the uk's biggest wow. there's some designs out there that he did oh, quite awesome. a lot to be awesome. to be quite honest uh but i had this weird upbringing where you know, my dad was extremely busy and, you know, he's also a mountaineer and he used to go off and do trips and whatever. Um, so I had this weird childhood where my dad wasn't there, but I could also respect what he did. Right. And, you know, we also lived on a, it was, it was, here's a strange fun fact. We lived on a, a council estate. I don't know if you know what they are in like America. So you have an estate where most of it's owned by the government or by the council. Okay. Um, and then you have to buy the property. If that makes sense? Yes, it makes sense. Okay. Uh, and basically during this time, there was a government scheme where the whole of the nation got, if you lived in a council property, got new windows. There was a new window scheme oh, wow. under some energy thing. Uh, and what was so funny about the situation was, was growing up, the whole neighborhood got brand new windows. But because... We was the only people who had a mortgage. Mm. We had ship windows and my dad was like, it doesn't matter right now. It makes no fucking difference. But it was crazy because when I went into school and we're like, ha, ah, we got new windows and you got these poor windows. Mm. And no one quite understood that, hey, you actually got given those windows for free. Right, right. You didn't and that actually, and that actually, we only couldn't get the windows because there was no bullshit scheme that enabled us to get them for free right. because my dad, my dad paid his mortgage off pretty quick as well. You know, for a, what would have been a 25 year mortgage and my parents divorced, mm -hmm. 
I think it was roughly about 15 years. Oh, wow. Awesome. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, but it was during the end of this where it was like, you know, essentially what would have been, you know, 80 grand in, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like, hey, you know, you got all these free windows, but you don't even know how to even get beyond that. Right. And that kind it's of goes strange. back to what we were talking about is, you know, when you were asked about one of the, you know, experiences in coaching, it's like you have this lavish life. I remember working for a family and I was the caretaker of the home at the time. And like a fape yeah. part? Yeah. Oh, like, part, whatever you call it. Yeah. And I was like, I, I lasted seven days. I was like, this is not for me. And they had, they had, I literally, by maintaining and, and caring for the home, I like lost seven pounds in a week. And for me, wow. that's, that's, that's not, that's not healthy. But anyways, it was just kind of like a reality check because you look at these individuals and not all, but some have lavish homes, but you know, they don't even understand what it is to work or yeah, yeah. something and the, and the appreciative value is so much limit there's a lot of limit to it and you know that's why for me hard work pays off you appreciate it more and you really don't understand the or or have the perspective of what it does and that's like the cliche you know that if it was easy everybody would do it yeah. and that cliche really resonates with me because what we do you know, is very, very hard. It's a lot of work. It's not that it's genius rocket science work, but there's a different, different levels of hard work, you know, well, mentally, spiritually, tactile, mathematical, you know what I mean? Because I know when I first did this, it was just pure audio. There'd be right. a little bit of video, but again, I wasn't uploading. Right, right. And then as I thought about, hmm, I probably should do video. I'm like, well, I'm not just going to do a bullshit video. Right. It's a put some production into it why absolutely. would you not right you can't half ask the job that you want to do right. even if it is a hobby right absolutely or whatever whatever it could be you're not going to half ass a hobby right exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> and that's and that's what's amazing you know when when jim carrey did his uh university uh, you know alumni speech he's just like you know my dad worked for you know egregious amount of hours but he's like you know if you're gonna work hard why not do it with something that you love yeah you know and my I mean, father too my father worked on wall street he only saw us with his eyes our eyes closed because he would go in early work late he would work some overtime or what have you on the weekends and he we, he would make it a point to see us at any of our events but now yep. i really appreciate him being here because yeah. now i'm seeing him like okay so this is what you were like as a father to me, because I really, you know, limited because he was working so hard, but he worked so hard. So my parents can retire successfully and happily at the age of yep. 55. So not we, even, we not, could get the finer things or go where we would want to go. And you know what it's I mean? It's not even that. It's, you know, even if, let's, let's say, for example, his straight path would have been whatever his intention was. Right. You know, even before he was adopted. Well, right. then again, he was doing it for that reason, for the fact that if he had children, they'd not only be set for life and then right. he could retire at whatever given age he goddamn pleased. Exactly. You know, 
And then, you know, again, then if you was adopted, maybe that come into the mix. Right. But that didn't make any fucking slight difference whatsoever because the plan is easily fixable. Right. You know, I'm not saying that any of that was. I don't right. have a fucking clue. But most people that are mentally driven have one fucking aspect. Yes. The fact that he then adopted was even more right. greater than having a child because he's given someone a life who needs it. And now you are where you are, even greater than what most people are. Right. So that's a no brain. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer whatsoever. And um, I think that's <clears throat> what we need to instill in individuals. What is oh, yeah. your why? Why do you get up every morning? And, you know, and it was funny over the, the last, you know, break that I've had. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I never really was materialistic, but now I'm just like, wow. That's a funny one. What is, what is so great about having items? Like I want items that are Uh, going to help me excel in whatever I do or be beneficial for longevity in the long run, long run, longevity as in, you know, my technical equipment so I can give better content, you know, upgrade. But I'm like, we're turning it, you know, my family and I are kind of turning towards minimalist because I'd rather travel and experience life rather than be in debt with life. One of my pre- previous guests, TK Miller, he's a, uh, he's a minimalist. And we had a very strange, strange conversation. I was almost, he, I got him booked in pretty quick. So I didn't get to do much research. So some of my questions were very on the fly, but I made sure that there was questions that I'd never asked anybody, you know, in terms of um, some people that go, what made you start this podcast? Right, you know, right, that right. standard generic buzzword bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and I've just done some mild research and I can't remember the questions that I did ask, but most of it was intent based. Uh, and thank God that my brain decided to click into that 12th gear and go, hey, we can't do this this way because that's just standard shit drivel. Right, right. You know, we're, we're the dude wants to come on. We're going to be late. OK, we need to at least give something rather than just this standard, hey, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. Anyone can do that. Right. But they maybe they can't do the, again, like you say, there's this long term shit that you have to do. You know, right. you have to do the, the editing, the researching that I didn't do and uh, you know it, it, that does take time but it was it was a very good conversation because a week later I was looking at some of my stuff and I was like I've had this for a while what the fuck do I need this for why am I keeping this right, yeah. you know what what what's its real purpose yeah. and it didn't have any purpose it was some decorative thing and I was like huh I wasted this much on this and oh look over there I wasted that much on that. And next thing you know, I'm doing some sort of minority report thing with my hands in the room, clocking how much I've fucking spent and wasted. And I'm like, hmm. I sent him a message. I was like, you know, you've opened my eyes up a little bit. And it's a... They do shout out. Well, I do shout outs, but it was a a shout out that was unintended. Because you spoke about minimalism and it woke, woke me up a little bit. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing because, you know, I'd rather have abundance in experience as opposed to abundance into materialism. Because 
those are the moments, those are the memories, the legacies that you're instilling in all that are involved. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like <laughs> when I was younger, you know, my parents did well. And I was just like, oh, I want this brand and this brand. But Me I, would too. I would only like really, truth be told, I would like maybe wear it a fraction of the amount I can actually get out of that, it, you know? That was so, social sh stuff as well, like branding and adverts, and then, yeah. hey, that kid at school's got that, and then yeah. three other kids have got that, and next thing, we're all wearing Rockport boots. Right, for right. My, for my generation. Yeah. Or whatever whatever it could be in America. Fucking yeah, like Nike or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's Jordan, like, yeah. you know, and it's just... You know, like when we were on holiday, I was just like, you know, we would go to, you know, we wanted to get out of the house, you know, with everything. And, you know, we went to a mall or two and I was like, oh, my goodness, look at how much money is being previously spent. Loads. Millions. And, 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 you know, one of the funniest Bill quotes that billions. I heard recent, recently, I don't remember where it was from. It was literally recently that I've heard it and it's really sticking with me is like, you know, we don't leave this place on earth with, uh, you know, a trailer, you know, the, you know, the Egyptians did that and they got robbed. And I was like, that's awesome. Oh. I was like, that's an, an awesome quote analogy, you know? That's crazy. And I was just like, wow, you know, like, am I going to really love this coach bag or am I really going to need this? you know, $5,000 watch, you know what I mean? And no, no, please don't take, get me wrong. No, you work hard, you build your brand. It is, you know, to each his own. But for me, not only as a parent, but as, you know, just really tapping into the spiritual, emotional, emotional, like I feel the priceless items are that are the gifts that we were given. And once we learn how to utilize them appropriately and, pay it forward and, and leave our legacy and build our legacy. That is value. You know You've what heard I mean? Of the uh, phrase like a Kodak moment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's like, that's what it is. Yeah, you know, you, you know and... You can, you can capture it now on fi like film, but right. it doesn't serve nothing because the memory is always the best. And you it, know, some things, even though you do forget and they're bad and good, it's, you know, you always remember them really good moments you know and like when we my husband and i a couple of years ago we were you know we were like all right we're diehard disney fans right so we're like okay, i was we gonna get it. to that as well and we went to disney world 2016 2017 2018 the bookends were with our grandparents you know with with our son with our parents and then the middle year was just the three of us and i was just like you know, I kind of like we felt kind of guilty, like really we're gonna go to the Disney World three years in a row. That's kind, of, you know, we went two in the springtime and one for Christmas. But Tim, those three. memories were just—I I w I wouldn't change it for the world. To see our it's son's so... face when he first went to Disney World for the first time, to see the grandparents' face, like just that stuff—that's priceless. I'm fascinated, not not by Disney. I mean, the, the the films and the company and the franchise are a different, fascinating thing. Right. Completely. Sure. I mean, I was I was I was raised on Disney films. Yeah. Uh, I haven't shown many new ones to my son because they're not great. You know, they're not like they used to. No, it's the no, same. No. It's the same plot, just different characters. 
Yeah, but I'm fascinated by the park because they've got these little... I'm an urban explorer Mm -hmm. and they've got these little forbidden areas. Although I'm in a different country, I'm like, oh, what's going on there now? Yes. There's there's so many different aspects of Disneyland or Disney World or either one that there's conspiracies upon conspiracies and... Tons of other stuff, and I, I I love it just upon that basis alone. Yeah. And it's such a fascinating topic that rarely comes up. Um, they, they say that certain areas smell like popcorn and yeah. stuff like that, so you can walk down certain places and mm-hmm. they literally give off smells to yeah. make you feel better and more. You know, I mean, you can go to a stand. Six senses, all five, six senses. It really taps into it. You can go to a fairground and smell popcorn, you know, that's standard. But you can go to Disney and smell like a completely different element. They've fucking, I don't know what they've done, but they worked it out to a a strategic T and they've done it for years. Uh, I can't fault anything that they really do. Apart from the, I mean, they they own Marvel now, they own Star Wars. They they they're pretty much a monopoly in the film world right now, but yeah. this this stuff's pretty good. I can't deny that. This right. it's very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's gonna want to bring them. You know, my husband and I were just talking about this the other day. Yeah, they're nickeling and diming and everything to kind of get back from what they lost or what have you. But at the same token, what everybody remembers is going to the park with their family or you know riding a certain ride or the smell or something and that's what disney has mastered you know and that's the craft that walt wanted you know families yeah, yeah. to come together for nostalgic and making memories not you yeah, man he wanted to make money i mean the man went bankrupt a couple of times but he never gave up i would be interested in what his thoughts are and what it's become now you know, and we were saying, you know, what would be great is, you know, you have, for example, you have Tron, you have the Star Wars and all these parks. But think about if you had, for example, Mulan, right, is in the Tokyo or, you know, Japan. You had in France, Ratatouille and, you know, Gusteau's. You have, oh, yeah. Like if they were more trying to think of the mm. correct way to say yeah, it. The, you know, if the they were more, correct word. If they were, if they honed into their home ground, homeland, and accentuated yeah. that more, I think if that would drive with, them. If they weren't if they uniform different, all different, yeah. if they didn't use the u- uniformality in all different parks, then you could say, okay, well, I've been to the Rise of Resistance in Disney World. Well, there's one in Disneyland. You know, really tapping into what their homeland assets were and, you know, expanding them more, you know? It, here's a question. I don't even know if you know it or not. What is the difference between Hollywood, California and Hollywood... Um, In Florida? Too hot. Yeah. They have, so, there's really not much of a difference, <clears throat> to be honest. But, the but there's really always that, thing, you know? No, no, I mean, uh, it, generally, there's always this weird talk, and I recently watched a film, and they made some sort of joke, and there was like, Hollywood, California? 
or the other Hollywood? And it was like, huh, what, what, what's the joke behind that? So Hollywood, California, <clears throat> what I think they're implying is that everybody is kind of really uh, self-conscious and aware of what their presentation is as far as the people and the culture there. Where as far as Hollywood that they portray in Florida oh, okay. is kind of more cinematic. You know what I mean? That it's makes just like, sense. It's just like anything else, you know? It's how perspectives are skewed or portrayed. I mean, obviously it was probably some inside sort of joke, but I was like, huh, what, what is that joke? Because yeah. clearly there would have been a lot of people laughing. But right. I don't know if there was some sort of... It's just like any, any other thing about stereotypes. There's truth in there, but also it's kind of like not the truth you really want to be exposed or known for. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's the only other problem is lately with all the cancel culture stuff. and mm -hmm. I mean, we ain't even got to get into that. Right. That's a whole category in itself that right. could span for... Well, it's going to span for years. Right. You know? Exactly. That's, that's a fact. Right. It's... Uh, I've had multiple takes on it. Right. I know my take is I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. It's all pretty good. Right. I don't get... I haven't had no complaints. It's all good. Right. But maybe because I'm just this small little fish at the moment, someone's going to call me on it in, I don't know, a few years. Who knows? But that's with anything. I feel if you're not doing you, you're missing out on so much and you're missing oh, yeah. out on the opportunity to see your fullest potential and see what... what how far can you push the envelope? How far can you be authentic? Because I've really noticed, especially in you know the industries of the career, is the more authentic or the more transparent you are, it's 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 frowned upon now, which is really concerning, especially me as a, as us as a parent. Why would you not want the truth to be disclosed? Why does everything have to well, be that's hidden? The thing. You know what I mean? We go, you know, one of the videos and actually one of my, my questions is we're taught at a very young age, we're taught at a very young age to be honest, to be transparent, no judgment, to do the right thing, even when nobody's, you know, looking, act of integrity. But yet, as soon as that is tripped, then it's okay not to be honest. It's okay not to be okay. transparent. And that, that you know, that really, with my line of work, that's kind of like, well, when did that happen? What situation, what individual, what occurrence, what incident has caused you to stop in your tracks from what you were going towards or who you were becoming? Mm. Well, there's a lot of nature versus nurture behind that. Absolutely. To be quite honest. Absolutely. Because, well, you know, it, it, it's strange because, I mean, when I was raised, you know, we could go out and do what we wanted. Yep. Phones weren't a thing, but there was no harm. Right. No harm at all. If I went out and shit really hit the fan, you know, and there was a few moments... But one of my friends went home, banged on my door. You know, right. next thing my because I didn't go far from fucking home because I went a crazed madman. Right. You know, but then my dad would come running. You know, do whatever. Some of those times I was in the wrong. Right. Got to point that out that there was a fatal flaw in that what I just said because one of those incidents I was in the extremely in the wrong. 
But it was only because I was extremely young. You have to get really get into it. But uh, as all young children do, we like to set fires. Like, there's a weird thing. Yeah. Like, and I was trying to build a fire because I wanted to roast some marshmallows. And uh, I was a young kid. I just wanted some marshmallows. But it didn't go out that way. And uh, some guy had seen, seen what had gone on and it was behind his fence. And there was a weird, it was a weird, like, sort of undergrown sort of alleyway to his fence. And obviously the dude was probably primarily concerned that it would set fire to his fence. Right. Which is pretty, extremely reasonable, but as a seven, eight year old child, mm, I just wanted to get their mush. I just wanted to eat their marshmallows and I weren't eating them and I'd got a box of fucking matches and, you know, it was a cra crazy moment. Yeah. But, you know, it was one of those moments where again, you know, my dad come down, so I'm not going to advocate any of that, but... Uh, there's that little story. Uh, another one of those little little bonus stories. They, they keep coming out. But I think, too, it's, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I can speak of it. I tend to be, at times, a helicopter mom. Is that going to bite me in the back? Yes. But, you know, I looked at the way I was raised, and it was always follow the rules, always prim and proper. And but when yep. I got to adolescence and when I got to college, forget it. It was crazy. Like it was no holds bars. And I was like, well, maybe I should have kind of learned, hey, if you put your hand on the stove, you'll get burned. Obviously not yep. to that level, but an analogy. No, that's know? true. And I'm <laughs> trying to kind of implement that and kind of learn that with our son. You know what I mean? Like, all right. Let them make mistakes. But I mean, as a parent and an empath, it is so hard because I how, know. How old is he? <laughs> He's 11. Because that's the. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't asked this. We've been talking for two hours, 10 minutes. <laughs> I haven't asked many questions about your personal life, but that, I wanted to know that. I've just done that conversation. Yeah. And Ooh, so. That's tricky. But, What's crazy is it, not yet, but he oh. just turned 11, but he's a mini me, which terrifies me Oh shit! <laughs> because it's like, I had to learn the hard way. Every single thing in my life, I learned the hard way because I was stubborn. I was rebellious. And, you know, I was in Mr. Rogers neighborhood for the first, what, 13, 15 years of my life you know, and following the rules and doing what I had to do. So, and my husband, by the grace of God, he, you know, he, he learned immediately, you know, he, he was not a bad kid. He was a great kid. And so he's just like, look, man, you gotta let him, you know, you gotta let him learn on his own. And I'm like, oh, but you know where it could go. And I'm trying to prevent that. And at the same time, I, feel his pain. I feel his anger. I feel his frustration. I feel his concern. Yep. And these kids today, I don't know about your children, but these kids today are beyond, beyond their years. Like I said, that and now that that experience at the powwow, well, was two years ago, he wanted to go to see Yanni and Johnny Mathis play. And I was like, dude, <laughs> he reads like no holds bars. I mean, he reads and reads and reads and reads. And I'm just like, dude, wow. And he's so intellect, he's so intellectual. So 
two steps ahead of everybody. And he gets frustrated with the individuals where they're like kind of being kids. Like, you know like, what I mean? Kind of, kind of, it's bad to say, but they are in a way lesser. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's, it's a fucked up way to put it. And I'm not slandering anybody's kids, you know, but there's been moments again, I've got a two year old, but he's the size of a four year old. Oh, wow. He's tall as fuck. Wow. He's ridiculous. And I'm five, seven. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's not from me. Trust me. <laughs> My, my my partner, she's she's uh, smaller than me as well. So, oh wow, it's it's not even a generation thing because my dad he claims is five nine, <laughs> bitch is five bitch is five eight ish and a half. Right, fucking right. five nine. Get out of town. Yeah, there's always that competition between you know who's the tallest. Well, I, I give up, man. I'm five fucking seven, <laughs> but I'm t I'm five seven three quarters, but. Right. I just say I'm five seven. I'm just the short end of it. I don't give yeah. a fucking shit, yeah. you know. But he's he's tall for his age. Right. And there was moment, and we went to the park ages ago, and uh, he was trying to help this young. Well, I thought it was a young boy. I'm, I thought it was just a younger boy who had just learnt to walk, right. like sooner than his years. Mm -hmm. And he'd helped him on the seesaw. And I was like, that's cool. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, he literally helped him up, put his hands up and everything. Oh. I don't even know how, how he did that. I didn't teach him that shit. Right. Uh, and then I was talking to the mother. And I was like, how old is she? And I say this because I thought it was a girl to begin with. I said, she? I didn't fuck my words up, trust me. I thought it was a girl to begin with. But only because of the long hair. Yes. And because I'm, a, uh, because I'm an idiot. Uh, that's all it was because I'm stupid right. and I was talking and I was like how old is she and uh, the woman was like uh, I think it was just under four and I was like what I was like really and that also was what made me think it was a girl because right. I was like okay that's a really petite small very small young girl right, right. And, and then we were talking for I don't know 25 minutes while the, the kids were running about being fucking toddlers and whatever, right. mostly just pick, mostly just picking up uh, wood chips or something. Wood chip, yeah, wood chips. Mostly picking up wood chips. Ah, yeah. Fucking trying to eat, and I've got to go through these wood chips to make sure there's no fucking crazy up. You know what I mean? I'm having to go. Ah, oh, stay in this vicinity because I know this this, this square's cool. Right, right. You go any further, further, and I've got to do another spot check. Right, right. You know what I mean? Get maybe get a. Uh, Fucking numb. <laughs> get a get a get a metal detector out or something yeah. just to be on the safe side. Uh, but no, uh, it was playing. It was talking to his parent, and after like X amount of time, she said he, and I was like, oh he, yeah. and I was like looked, and I was like that's a that's a, and I was like looking, going that's a boy, and I'm not trying to be sexist or whatever in a way. Right. It was just genuinely I was just being stupid, and I was so interested in my own bollocks right, right. and just watching them play and i didn't even pay any attention to be honest as to what was going on right. it was crazy i don't yeah. know where the start story started no, we now. were talking about you know children being you know attentive and beyond their years mm. and intelligent and probably yeah it was so crazy you, like wow you helped them up wow where did you learn that from? yeah it's almost instinctual and the same thing so with ours. My, you know, my son has, you know, his hair goes down to his waist now, but it's like, oh, know, oh you know, shit. it's all braided. We braided, we twisted. Yeah. Like, oh, amazing. And so 
um, I used to have dreads. Right. Before. Oh, wow. During the pandemic. Yeah, I used yeah. to have dreads. They're going to they're gonna come back in, trust me. I've decided. And I'm not putting it out there now. I'm going to regrow them back in. Nice. But only because I cut them off. I cut them off strategically. It's a, it's a lot of maintenance, you know. Like you know, I always do yeah, it. Yeah, always. You know, when I wanted a kid, you know, when I decided to do this family parenting thing, I was like, please don't. I, and you know, and and some some people are gonna give me a lash out there, but it's okay. I was just like, oh, you no, know, just give me a boy. That's what I'm used to. It's easy. Well, I got a boy, but with oh, a beautiful yeah. head of hair, now it takes me 45 minutes to an hour to get his hair ready for school, you know, and kind of <laughs> tame his mane, you know. That's sick, though. That it's... And the island makes yeah. it like, wow, you know. That's but, sick, though, that it's down to, down to his waist yeah, and it's and that long. Yeah, That's bad. He, he's, he takes care of it, and, you know, like I help as well, but it's just a lot of maintenance. You know, well, the thing is, I've seen a... Uh, Back onto that subject mildly of comedy. Right. Because you said that your husband was a comedian. Yeah. We'll get into that. But I've seen I've seen a lot of Colombian comedians. They have a lot of long hair. Yes. Uh, yes. And I've always wondered why. Yeah. And you've almost now just sort of explained that in a way. Just to me. Because just... I can get, I can read between the lines and whatever you just, what yeah, you just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think so. it's just the culture, you know. I mean, you know, when, when I was there, there was a lot of indigenous individuals, you know, and I still don't know if I'm Mayan or Incan as far as the, you know, Native American okay. trait from in Colombia. But, yeah, it's beautiful well, and everything. It's it's a lot of me. <laughs> I mean, my hair is, like, all the way down. You know, it goes all the way down by my waist, oh, wow. waist as well. I just, I just love it. Yeah. It's a lot of maintenance, but I just... I did. I did one year go up to here, and I was like, yeah, "No, that's not happening." Because <laughs> like I didn't like it because it was just so easy. And not the the maintenance I love, but it just wasn't me with my you know my round face and stuff like that. It just didn't. No, that makes well, sense. You know? But, it's um, like some people that have the like bangs, yeah, as I, you call I don't them. Never do the bangs. I don't think. Yeah, that. you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's a, a phrase which many few males would really know but you know i know i know the, i know all the shit man very very you know? yeah so yeah but no but... i i used to uh hopefully i mean i know i've got to get six inches to get these bad boys put back in mm -hmm. so hopefully by the time they're back in it should be about halfway down my back oh wow you know but they're my own extension so i don't give a shit right. kept them in the back wow. kept them safe nice Wonderful. Yeah, I cut them off. You have any, you have to probably. send pictures. I love to see that. The what the dreads. Oh, show! Like. I'll send you some uh, prior pictures. Yeah, but definitely. when when I first normally do my well, when I first start my show, I just well, I normally wear just my hat. Mm. Um, but lately, I'm like, I want those dreads back. Yeah. I kind of miss them. Again, there's some sort of fun maintenance side to it, and. Yeah. Looking and after them. It's also like a piece of you too, you know, like a character, yeah. charismatic, charismatic thing. You know what I mean? Well, normally these sides are shaved away, mm -hmm. or I'm just bald. I was bald, or it's just this this piece here. The crown, right? That make yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's that's where my dreads literally are. It goes from there down to like there. Uh, I'm gonna. They'll be back. I know they are. I've said it now, so I've got to do it. You have to. Now, now I'm gonna hold you to it. <laughs> 
I know. Well, I've got to go and get uh, a haircut for my son because he's starting preschool soon. So I've got to go and take him the barbers. When, when does it him... start for you guys? <sighs> oh, fuck. It's in a couple of, not even a couple of weeks yeah. now for him. Yeah, we got two so, weeks. Uh, and I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Not, what, what's crazy is they just changed in our, our area. It was it was kindergarten through sixth, and then seventh and eighth, and then high school. Well, of course, this year they put sixth grade with sixth, seventh, eighth, and I'm just like, that's oh, that's, that's I didn't know they did that. Huh? And I'm just like, my baby boy is gonna be with like these seventh and eighth graders. Oh my gosh! And he's was so that like, like, smart. Was that completely uh, over the whole the whole country? No, some some states just, do it. Um, okay. Not a lot, but you know, they mentioned it to us the beginning of his last school year, and I was like, "Why would you? Why? 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 What's the need for you have the space?" <clears throat> I didn't understand the rationale for it. May, m- m- well, maybe it's because there is there is a level in which you are better equipped to deal with older people rather than younger. Yeah, I, If I that guess makes so. sense. Yeah. It's the same way in which you you can't be a five-year-old playing with a two-year-old. Right, right. You know, because right. that... Or, or, or a seven-year-old playing with a four-year-old. Right. Because it's like, hey, we're, we're two different things. You're a little half-toddler boy, and I, I, I can talk, and I can yeah. kick a ball in a straight line. I can do real things. Right, right. Maybe it's uh, almost along that sort of category. Yeah, I don't know. we'll see how it turns out. But I remember because my my school years, they stopped at six and then seventh and eighth. And seventh and eighth was the hardest for me. Oh, my gosh. That was probably the hardest years for me in school on an emotional and social level. Academic, I still, I was still struggling. Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, like they just, like I said, they only taught one way of learning, and it was impossible for me. But I mean, my problem, social and emotional level, seventh and eighth was really hard. I mean, that's almost the same aspect for me because I just there was a moment where I just couldn't really be bothered. Yeah, you know, it's it was just like I I knew what I needed to learn, and I was like. The stuff that I wanted to learn as well, I knew I was never going to be shit hot at maths. Yeah. I knew that straight away. Yeah. Because I got to an age where I was like, I'm really not good at this. Right, right. Like, and if I was, then I'd excel at it. I'd exactly. be progressing. Yeah. I'd progress in a strategic level. Absolutely. It's the same way in which I've only just worked out how to fucking decently do woodwork yeah. in my fucking 30s. Right. If I, I took it in school, I was a piece of shit. I just wanted to play around with the tools. And it's funny you, you mentioned know? that because in seventh and eighth grade, that's what we had. We had home economics and woodshop. Yeah. And what did I well, I excelled in woodshop, but when I did home economics, I gave it to the guys. I was like, you guys do this. I'm not doing Well, <laughs> it's crazy because I actually preferred the, I mean, some aspect of it. I preferred the, uh, the cooking side of it because it was yeah. more hands-on and it yeah. was tricky. Where you, you had this set thing that you had to do. Right. Whereas woodwork, woodwork, it was like, hey, we, we're going to give you these tools. You can design something, make it, Good off luck. you go. Yeah, and that's what I And loved. it was like... That was the learning uh, I loved. Yeah, yeah. 
But the guys in my class, they loved the cooking. It was just simple. You did it. It was already yeah. done for you. You just had to follow it. But that's so I mean, funny uh, that you said that. I, I, very rarely a, do I meet someone. I'm a badass cook, it. man. You know? I'm a badass. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a bad. I'm a badass cook. I ain't gonna lie. Full disclosure. Yep. Fun fact. I would make if I could live off of sandwiches and soups. That's me. I'm used to I make. make I used to. Make, I used to make a sandwich. My girlfriend would come over, and she was not the cook either. And we, I was just, I would just throw down a sandwich. My husband would come home. He's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm just making a sandwich, man." He's like, "No." He would get out every condiment, spice, season. I'm That's like, now you're just making a weird it thing. for me. Why? Why? Like, you I just wanted you to see that in films. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, really? <laughs> they're like, uh, oh, you're making a sandwich. And next thing, there's like 15 things on the counter. I'm just like, I've tried I that. Lettuce, meat, and uh, tomato. Yeah. I'm just like, no, stop. Well, <laughs> the other day, I, I surpassed myself. Um... I mean, I can do sort of salads and shit like that, but I'm not, I don't bother. Uh, I, I, meat is the one that is uh, specific for me because you get different types of meat and yeah. you have to cook it at different types of temperatures and then oven, gas, coal, yeah. wood, yeah. all different. Right, so right. I, lo I love cooking, love cooking awesome. meat. Uh, and the other day I did and I wished it was, I was a fucking greedy bastard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So I had a bit of a drink with my partner. And we had all this tons and tons of barbecue, ch like chicken chicken pieces left over. So what I did was I, uh, but it was in the freezer. So I defrosted them, but I defrosted them and then soaked them overnight in my own special. I'm not going to say what it was. Uh, sauce recipe. And then what I did was I cooked them in a casserole dish, a massive casserole dish. Cooked a lot with bones. I could have probably stripped it all off the bones, but I didn't. I kept the skin on during the whole time. I'd also pre-marinated it before it went in there. I forgot to add that. So I took them out, pre-marinated, put them in a casserole dish. Luckily, kept all the skin on. And this was like the first cook. Then I took them out for fun put them in the oven because i was like huh ah, this is getting a bit tender on the inside so i took them out re-marinated them sons of bitches again oh put them in the oven on a very smaller slow slow cook it was a very smaller slow cook which kept the skin on it was fascinating and then what i did was i was like looking at it i was like mm, we need to do something else so i put them back in again with all the juices and all the bullshit from the first fucking sort of casserole dish wash off. So I then took that, put some honey in it, bang that back in the first sort of dish again, cooked it again for another sort of half an hour on fast while this crispy sort of coating just really got it stuck to it. And then what I did was I took it out again and then pan fried the son of a bitch, cooked it four times over. Uh, to the point where when I took it out, well, I'll tell you what, I'll send you a picture of it right now, like midway. Right now. <laughs> it was, uh, it was my four times over. Uh, I used this beer as well as a glaze and I used so many different things, but it, it was a three, four hourish cook, but it was pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was damn good. 
and this is just two pictures of the bowl that I've just separated. And oh, god damn! To the point where I had, I had, I had separate. I had all. I had a couple of bits left in the bowl. So this is where I become a fat pig. As I put as much as I could in my bowl, ate the shit out of it, and then I went to bed. And I was sitting there, lying in bed, craving, and it was so sticky. Because that's what I made it. I made it sticky yeah. as fuck. So I was sitting there lying in bed. And I was like, man, I really want some more of that chicken. So I come down out of bed. Cooked up the remainder of what I had left. And then ate that. And then went back to bed. <clears throat> I'll have to put those pictures up there uh, for people. Well, because I know where I'm going next time I'm over in the UK. <laughs> listen, it was a uh, chicken and barbecue. I'm meant to be making some burgers this evening. Which is uh, going to be on the... Yes. Yeah, uh, I love barbecue. Barbecue, you can barbecue anything all year round. Well, well, midway. I'm a, I'm a huge barbecue fan, especially uh, slow pulled pork. Here's a a very good one. What you should do is get a big casserole dish or a big, uh, big yeah, like a, a big pot. Yeah, a big pot, and uh, or a slow cooker, uh -huh. and get a big pork joint, and put uh, sort of fizzy pop in it, like Dr Pepper, wow. or cola, or Anything you can use like apple tizer. Apple tizer is a big one. Okay. Apple tizer is really good. Is that a dog? Oh no, that the door shut. My my son was checking in on me. <laughs> oh, that's. <no. laughs> I thought there was a dog uh, no, for a second. No. <laughs> you got any pets? I did have one. It was a pit bull Chow Chow. I had him since he was hmm. three weeks old, and he passed at age sixteen a few years ago. 2016. Oh, bless him, man. He was, he was, oh, that was another love of my life. He was like the pit bull chow, but the chow chow, he had the pit bull body, but yeah, yeah. his purple tongue and the chow chow chubby face is what he had. He was awesome. His name was Tyson. Awesome. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I, I used, me and again, my friend Mick, we had a uh, French English bull mastiff. Oh, wow. Uh, called Myra, and she oh. was gorgeous. She used to take wheelie bins out. Oh. She used, so to drag, she, used to, she used to drag the bin out by the wheel. I never was, had uh... luck with female pets. They always bit me or had like an attitude. <laughs> it was bad. So I was no, she, male. She, she, was a, she was a fun dog. But he, he uh, then he met somebody when he was living with me. Mm. And his now wife, I think they're married now, had a... Uh, French English bull mastiff, but it was a male, oh. and it was like triplic triplicate of the size. Oh my goodness! And I've never seen a dog so big. Wow! It was huge. They're I remember huge. going up to it for the first. I remember going up to it for the first time and getting its face near mine. They're and I was huge. Like, he could eat. Huge. He, he could eat my. He could have put my my whole head in his face. And I looked at him and I was like, "Man, you're big." And then we had a little play. And it was fun. It was a it was it was a guard trained dog. Yeah. So obviously, uh, my mate Mick's partner trained the fuck out of him. Yeah. Kudos to her because she was small. Yeah. No, that's and that that's a that reminds dog. Me of a funny funny story. So I'm petite stature as well, and this dog was like a hundred and ten at its yeah. Heart, and that was weighed more than I did. And I trained that dog like no hold bars. And I remember we, when we first bought our house, we had like a barbecue and kind of full circle how the conversation goes. And 
Tyson was there, and we never fed him like people food. He always had dog food, the dry dog food or what have you. Yep. And then he would have like maybe ice cream. That would be his treat, or whipped cream was his like favorite. Long Ooh, okay. story short, I remember I said to everyone, "Do not feed him people food." Does anybody listen? No. So nah. Some like there was a barbecue dropped on the floor, and Tyson went after it. And he went to bite it, and it was a bone. And I remember going to his face, the dog's face, putting my hand into his mouth and taking it out. And my husband was What's... like, I'm not messing with you because they have locked well, the doors. Problem is they have they could, locked they, doors. Yeah, they do. And but the problem is they could choke on the bones. Right. I mean, granted, it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't a huge bone, but I went in. And, but the like everybody's if I took a picture of everybody's face of this little petite girl going into a, this huge pit bull's mouth and saying, drop it like really mean and aggressive. He just kind of opened his jaws. He had him locked, <laughs> pulled it out. And they're like, I'm not messing with your wife ever <laughs> to go into like, you know, face to face. Was it, a, hip was it a chicken bone? It was, no, it was a rib bone from like ribs. Oh, okay. You know? That's probably still a, a little bit bad. I know chicken bones, they can shatter. Right. Can't they? And they can break in yeah, weird yeah, ways yeah. and yeah. get but really he, sharp and pierce. And it's pretty deadly. Yeah. And, he, you know, Tyson used to kind of, we would joke how he used to floss his teeth. He would take sticks and just chew them, but spit the shards out to kind of clean his teeth. But that was like the running joke was, you know, don't mess with, you know, my wife. She goes to like pit bulls, like goes right pit bulls. Ground, you know. It was you know, funny. it's kind of it's kind of funny because after this two hour thirty conversation, because <laughs> we're getting deep, I could imagine that you are one of these people that now goes up to dogs and goes, "Listen, bitch, <laughs> this isn't working. You're gonna just play the game, okay?" <laughs> right. I, yes. I, I mean. I don't want to put the. I don't know. I could almost imagine you being one of the uh, semi-cast roles in like Machete or something like that. One of those bad motherfuckers. That, you know. <laughs> My doppelganger, they joke, is Michelle Rodriguez. So let's. Talk oh about yeah. Oh, I see it now. So, so that's definitely Looks... the joke, running joke with my husband and I. Even though he he's six two and you know totally different stature from Dom, he's not the Italian Dom, but you know definitely he's seen my fair share of Letty come out a time or two. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. There was a, there was about oh, about twenty minutes ago where I was sitting there for a brief minute and I looked back and I was like, oh, I'm sure there's. Uh, a doppelganger in Hollywood of you somewhere. And then I couldn't work it out. And then when you just said it there, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's that's the one. That's crazy. I've yet to find one of myself. It's, I see. Uh, what is his very name? Very tricky. What is his name? Okay. The only reference I can say is kind of street and crud. But the other credit is kind of like, you know, innocent. So... The street cred is in Eminem and Eminem and um, what's her name? Not because of the hat. No, no, no. It's not Eminem. It's not Eminem. It's the character in the Eminem video. What Rihanna and Eminem's video? Um, I don't know. He's a the gentleman is dating Megan. 
Megan. Oh, I'm gonna have to Google. Megan. Gonna maybe have to Google this now. That's crazy. Seen the Lord of Rings. Yeah, of course I have. So the guy, one of the guys, I forgot his. But that's who you remind me of. You can you can explain the character, and I'll guess that so off the bat rather than your first reference. It's the smug kind of sarcastic character in Lord of the Rings, one of the twins. Not twins. not Sean. Oh, the the fucking hobbits. Jesus, that's I said I was five seven. Give you the street cred one. Reference the hobbits. God damn it, that's terrible. No, reference her. Let me let me find that first reference. Give I me the Hobbit stuff. I want to give you that reference because that's who you remind me of with the tattoos and the street cred and and you know the the Eminem. bad the bad you know tough bad boy kind of persona. <laughs> so go to <laughs> go to. <laughs> that's even worse. Go to I Eminem, think I'll take the Hobbit. Yeah, go to Eminem and <laughs> Megan Fox's video, uh, Rihanna's video. Um, Yes, love the way you look. Yes, it was uh... the character dating Megan Fox in that. The male. Okay. That was that was a very <laughs> funny little segment. That was You're like, yeah, I like that street kid. Wait a minute, that's the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, Dominic Moynihan. The fuck? Who's that? Who's that dude? Is that his name? Oh, then I'd rather take the Hobbit, man. <laughs> That dude's a weird-looking guy. That's the, terrible. The, not that picture. It's is, the one... What do you mean, not that picture? In what in the video. That... In the okay. Here, if you go, yeah, Dominic Mania's lostopedia, and his hair is brushed what... down. I don't know. The only picture I see, yeah. he was in Lord of the Rings too, was he? Yes. Let's see if I can. Yeah, yeah, that's the same one I've got. Yeah. I mean, that's what I uh, see here. Here you go. Here's a better I one. I don't know. Here's a better one. Why well, can't? No, I know the picture. I've got the same things on the screen. I don't know. That's a sketchy reference, man. I love how you've got this superstar megalithic reference. And I'm like, hey, you've got the Hobbit and this weird dude with the big fucking ears. Even though my ears ain't even on show. They're in, under a the fucking... Face of the, you know, the, oh, no, no. And the eyes, the big brown eyes, the nice smile, the slender face. That's what I was attributing to. Okay. I, I I'm not going to lie. I'm, that's what I see. Okay. No, well, <laughs> how do you even know I had brown eyes? The barely been open this whole time. Oh, okay. Well, when you did that segment of looking directly in the camera, that's when I caught it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. If there was any other color, there would have been. I don't know. No, I don't know. I can. I can. Call, I might have to uh, do a half an hour mimic in the mirror to his stuff later. Well, what I'll do is I'll look into him as an actor, and I'll get my phone, and then the video, and then I'll get a mirror, and then I'll just try and mimic his scenes, and I'll go right. Okay, I'm, if I see it, I see it. But if I don't, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. You could That's go the... for Eminem, but you're too young looking. Nah. You don't, you're, you're too, nah. you look too young. Nah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't. Someone once said when I was a child that I looked like the bassist out of Green Day, but I'd never seen it, and the dude was pissed out of his head. <laughs> uh, and I was, and it was crazy because I was, I used to be in a band when I was like seventeen. Okay. 
Okay. And the do and we went to see a, a band play that was very good, and they shouldn't have split up. They were called Peach Fuzz. Oh wow! And there was a there was amazing. They were like they were like Red Hot Chili Peppers, but well, there's there always was... flea if you dyed your hair green. <laughs> oh, okay, mm, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, I can't remember the green the Green Day dude, but. It was, it was just one of them weird moments where we went out and this dude was trying to get a picture of me because oh, wow. I was, uh, who was steaming because he was adamant. That, and this was barely in the days of wow. phones right, when right. they had cameras. Yeah, yeah. And this and we went to play this play this gig and he was like, oh, you look like fucking, what's his name? Something Durst, Fred Durst or something. I don't yeah, fucking Fred know. Durst, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, you look like Fred Durst. And I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, give me a picture. Like some crazed pisshead. Um, I mean, I was just a little bit drinking at this point. And to be honest, most of it was all, I was on, uh, I was a bit of a psycho naught back then. You know, right, right. different, multiple amounts of things. So I, I was kind of a bit weirded out, but I'd never really seen, I'd never seen it once. I was like, I don't even look remotely like that guy. So, and I was fucked up, but I was like, what the fuck was that guy seeing? I was like, what he was must have been on? wild. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He must have been, he must have been doing that weird beavers and butthead yeah. trippy fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. Some fear and last, fear and loathing style stuff that yeah. was way out of even my depths right. at that point. But yeah, you That's crazy. Have, you should know, you could have like honored that like years later. Yeah, I saw this guy. Like, yeah, yeah, that's me. It was some stuff sticks. Yeah. It's, it's it's so funny because at the, at the start of the show, you'd mentioned that uh, you know people reach out and you get this little bit of recognition, and then it shows that people are listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my my last guests uh, was one of those people yeah. that I had a half, well, it wasn't a false false memory because I know it was true because it turned out to be true, and I was bang on the button with what, I'm, what I was talking about. Right. But I had this memory of this film right. and I was trying to explain it to people for years and so many people couldn't get it. Mm. Like a whole mess of film geeks and buffs. Oh, and basically the scene was, because I, I was basically I was 14 when I seen this, which was why it could get hazy. Right. And I woke up on my sofa and then I looked at the screen and there was this scene where there was a hand throwing someone off a roof. And then there was a bunch of hands walking down the street. <clears throat> that was it. And then I remember watching it. I remember falling asleep to Rocky Horror and I woke up to that. And it was a weird transition. But it was the first time I watched Rocky Horror and it was also the first time I'd watched and caught the end of that. Uh, and basically, uh, I always wanted to know what it was or whether it was just some weird dream. And I'd mentioned it throughout my life and no one could ever give me an answer. I typed X amount of different things into Google and it never, never made a difference. I could type in anything right, and right. it wouldn't give me the result apart from idle hands. And even friends would be like, hey, it's idle hands. And I'm like, no, it really isn't. I've seen that film. I have it on DVD. I'd be pretty accurate knowing what it was. So I come to uh, do a show a couple of months ago, a month and a half ago, and I'd mentioned it. Uh, I had a guy called Brandon Ford, and then one of his listeners listened to the show, and boom, knew it in an instant. And he gave me, uh, basically he gave me a screenshot of the film. Wow. 
that was in question. And I was like, that is because and it was crazy because before he even mentioned the film name, he gave me the screenshot going, is this the film you're talking about? And I didn't even know it was a friend of a friend, so to speak. And it was just come out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, that is the film that I'm talking about. And you said it was like, somebody's hand dropping somebody off of a roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. walking across the street. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, pic, the picture that he sent of me was the hands walking, multiple hands. Mm. And I'd never seen the image and I'd searched for it loads of times. Now, the film, after we talked about it, was called Quicksilver Highway. Mm. <clears throat> Which was a sting upon me because I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Okay. And I'm also a huge Clive Barker fan. And it turns out they collaborated to do this film. Oh, wow. Well, it scooped under my radar so well because I didn't even have a clue. Wow. But it was the way that you spoke at the start of the show where we said, that, you know, people speak out and then things happen right. that you would never expect to sort of happen. Right. And it's crazy, yeah. you know, and that was one of those moments. I was going to talk about it earlier, but, you know, I also forgot... Uh, the Stevo story and multiple other stories and there were segues and tangents and you know it's like uh, it's essentially like when you see a uh, one of those crime things on a wall where there's just multiple pins yes. and dots yeah. and photos that's the way the show works right. it's just like there's a bunch of photographs everywhere and then there's me laying these pins and dots right to multiple things but we are going to have to round it up yeah. because uh unfortunately i do have to cook yeah. some burgers and upon showing you that juicy meat that i cooked the other day four times over uh i'm gonna have to round this up so where can people follow you absolutely so i am all on social media handles andrea mason on facebook linkedin youtube instagram and I have my own website, andreamasons.com. And what I always love to do, as it is a pleasure and honor to be featured on your podcast, you included, I grab your cell phones, go to the email, type in am.pressplay at gmail.com for your complimentary session with me so we can get you to meet your fullest potential and press play, plan life according to you. I was going to get into that app. And do you know what? We'll save it for another show. Okay. <clears throat> I always invite I always invite uh, people on. Because I like to have regular people. And this is, has been a very fun show. Uh, but unfortunately, I have been alerted that I'm due to be cooking food yes. hours ago. <laughs> this was one of those episodes that were... That, uh, they always just free run. I don't know how long they're going to go. Yeah. And to be honest, I've not looked at the the time for what is 20 past six yes. is dinner time yes absolutely but this has been very very fun no absolutely uh, you get to see behind the scenes of who i really am some keynote facts some fun facts and you know sharing stories that's what it's about you know absolutely well, well this is what that show is about is it's sure. about giving people that three-dimensional perspective of yourself absolutely. and <clears throat> In ways in which people can't even imagine because everything's always random topics and segues and it goes the way it does. Absolutely. And uh, I thank you for every single compliment you've gave on the show as well. Absolutely. 
that has uh, it's been somewhat overwhelming. It's almost threw me off guard several times. When I'm processing them, they keep bouncing. Um, this head's always on overspill, so they, they've been very hard to process. Well, listen, this has been the Potionman Podcast today with Andrea. I fucked up at the start because it says Andrea. See, this is what I remember, but it's with Andrea Mason. And uh, this has been a fantastic show. Take it easy, people, and catch you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you.